And welcome to the Humanity of Sourcing podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Gundy. Um, I am a diversity sourcer here at Capital One, uh, currently supporting our retail direct bank team, focusing on um, our D-plus population um, on some product roles. Um, in addition to uh, my sourcer role here at Capital One, um, I do provide some program management support for uh, some of our programs here within the diversity uh, sourcing community. And one of those programs being this podcast, the Humanity of Sourcing Pod. Um, for those of us uh, joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, the purpose of our podcast is to provide resources to not only uh, sourcers and recruiters here at Capital One, but all of Capital One. Um, in addition to um, the resources that we provide. Um, we also like to utilize uh, this platform to highlight upcoming events, um, holidays, and celebrations. Today, um, as we are wrapping up the month of April, I wanted to take time um, to acknowledge and celebrate um, the month of the military child. Um, for those tuning in, um, in the month of April, um, our nation pays tribute um, to the resilience um, and tenacity of our military children. Today we have three guests um, who are themselves um, military children or parents um, to military children. So I, I'm really excited uh, to welcome uh, Steve, Allison, and David. Um, I will allow um, all three of my guests to introduce um, themselves, but I'm definitely excited uh, to chat through and really just highlight on the month of the military child, even prior to pulling up to record uh, this pod, I, I just I, th their stories and their experiences are definitely inspiring and definitely grateful for the service um, that they themselves um, have have contributed contributed and also um, their parents as well. So I'll allow uh, Steve to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Steve Tillekainen. I joined Capital One uh, in January of this year. I work for the card line of business as an architect. I report to the divisional chief architect, uh, and I am focused on uh, architecture tooling for um, for the card line of business. Perfect. Thank you, Steve. And you can go ahead and Allison and introduce yourself. Uh, thanks so much, Cassandra, and thanks for having me on the podcast. My name is Allison Atkins, and I am a business counsel in cyber. Um, I joined Capital One right when the pandemic started, so I've never seen my office, and um, came right from the military. I retired almost exactly one year ago with 20 years of service in the Army. And I have two children, um, an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old, who have been with me for this entire time um, since the schools have been closed down. So thanks again. I'm looking forward to the talk. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations on your retirement and thanks again for your service. And last but not least, David. Hi, Cassandra and the, the rest of the team on here. Thank you for, for hosting this uh, for us today. Uh, my name is David Gomez and I joined Capital One back in January as a military fellow through the Corporate Fellowship Program, Hiring Our Heroes Program, incredible program for our veterans out there and officially came uh, hired on to uh, Capital One on 5 April. Uh, so still uh, working my way through. I am an actually a uh, agile delivery lead in the ATM machines area. So I have two teams uh, that, I, that I support 
uh, coding software engineering teams, incredible teams. They do phenomenal work every day. And I am married. My spouse is also active duty Army. I have exactly two days left in the military. Uh, May 1st will be my uh, official effective retirement date in, uh, in the United States Army after 28 years of service. Uh, I did a few years in the Air Force as enlisted and a few years and, and the rest of the time uh, in the Army. So uh, I got, got uh, exposure to two different branches and I have a total of six children, three grown children in their 20s. My oldest is 28 years old. He's a captain in the Army. And, uh, and I have three little ones here at home, an eight-year-old son, five-year-old daughter, and a 19-month-old daughter that we're also homeschooling since the pandemic. So uh, never a dull moment in the Gomez house, but excited to be here. <laughs> thank you so much, David. And, and thank, congratulations on your upcoming uh, retirement. And thank you for your service. Wow, full house. <laughs> David, definitely a full house. Um, and wow. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll definitely go ahead and kick it off and just ask, like, and ask, ask the group, what, what was it like having a parent who is um, or was an active member um, of the military growing up? And that's for those who are active, <laughs> who are actually parents of kiddos, um, and those who actually are possibly spouses um, or support partners. Um, for those who are serving active duty. So I uh, grew up as uh, an Air Force brat, I guess you could say. Um, I have my, uh, my father uh, actually met his um, the person who had become his wife and my mom uh, while he was deployed over in England as an enlisted uh, weather officer and uh, came back to the States and about five years after they were married, um, I came along and then um, we have pretty much moved uh, every three or four years since then. And, uh, and that took us overseas. Uh, I've lived, I've spent two stints in Germany um, during the end of the Cold War. Uh, that was fascinating. Um, and I also had the experience of having my dad on remote assignment for a year when I was about uh, six or seven years old uh, to Iceland. So that was a time when he was apart from us. And so we had to, the way with, that we stayed in contact was kind of interesting. Um, he actually recorded books on tape for us. So there were, there were some books like uh, Bread and Jam for Francis and Blueberries for Sal and these were, uh, I think, Calicot or Newbery uh, award winner books. And I still remember the, uh, the hiss of the cassette playing my dad's voice and me falling asleep to it at night, hearing him read these books to us. And that's a memory that I will always uh, treasure. So it was, you know, a mix of, of, uh, of good times and, and, fun memories of, of exploring other cultures and then also the, the toughness of separation from family and also, you know, having to pick up and, and befriend uh, new people whenever I changed uh, schools. So that's what it was. That's kind of what it was like in sort of the broad sense. And I could um, speak to that, to that, Steve. Um, as you were speaking, I was thinking that 
um, as a military parent, never having been a military child myself. So I cannot speak to that part, but as my children grew up from five birth and taking them to daycare as six weeks old until I got out of the military last year, I always had these two schools of thought, two competing interests in my brain. And one of them was that I was excited to bring these kids into this environment, into this community. I was excited to travel with them in Asia and take them all over the country and, and ex experience all sorts of cool things with them. But I was also just so guilty that I couldn't give them the stability that they needed, um, especially my son. He needed that stability or that they wanted. So they would make good they would make good friends and then we would pack up and leave. They would play soccer and and then we would pack up and leave. So now that we're stable in the DC area, I finally kind of see that that the kids need that stability. So just that excitement versus the guilt of parenting is really something that I thought about a lot over the past nine years. Yeah, Allison, yeah. I can definitely, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, 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 um, you go ahead. Okay, Allison, I can definitely uh, relate to that. I, having, you just haven't retired just a year, you know, still in that honeymoon phase, and, uh, and here I'm going into that phase, so uh, I might need to hit you up for some uh, some uh, some advice there later on, but I can definitely relate to Steve and Allison both as a uh, I was a military brat since the age of nine for for about ten years, so I did move with my my stepdad. He was in the army, went to Germany. So Steve, I think we chewed some of the same dirt, man. Uh, during the Cold War, I was there uh, in Berlin. I got a piece of the wall. Um, did my uh, last few years in high school in Germany. So incredible experience. Uh, my dad never deployed in the sense that is you know that term is related to these days as far as like. Middle East or anything like that, uh, a war zone. Uh, but we did go overseas. We traveled. Uh, had the had the the blessing of traveling to other countries, France, Italy, while while uh, we were stationed over there. Um, but like Steve said, we moved around a lot. So, you know, just as you're getting to be uh, BFFs with with some some of the local kids and local military kids, uh, you got to move. You know, we moved every 18 months, every two years. My dad was a mechanic, um, so uh, he worked on cars a lot. Um, and a lot of uh, tanks and vehicles and, and things of that nature. So for 10 years, uh, you know, I got to see a lot of the world. And that's really what inspired me to then turn around and, and serve my country as well. He was my inspiration. And uh, at the age of 19, as soon as I graduated high school, I signed up and, uh, and I enlisted in, uh, in the Air Force. Uh, so Steve, again, uh, something else we can relate to. Uh, I did my enlisted years in the Air Force. My dad told me, he said, uh, Son, you, you you got the scores. If if, if you want to join a branch, join the Air Force. They they got all the cool stuff. They got the best housing. They go to the coolest places. Um, so I took his advice, but I only did that for about uh for about eight years, and then uh went to college, got my degree, and then joined the military in two thousand one as a as a lieutenant in the army, and been with the army ever since, and uh, just been an incredible experience, and and definitely to what Allison stated earlier. Uh, you know, that guilt, you know, trying to maintain that balance and, and give your kids stability. That's what I'm looking forward to the most, especially uh, my wife is also active duty. You know, um, luckily, we've been able to stabilize here in the D.C. area since 2016. So they've actually been here for the last five years. And uh, and that's the most we've ever been anywhere. And and so I, it's just a, a huge blessing to be able to give them that stability and that uh, that structure that, that kids really need and that Allison pointed to earlier. And to, to that point, David, 
went, I've been in DC since 2007. My husband is still active duty. He's retiring this year. That was the key thought when I was looking for a job was I do not want to move my children again. So I need to find opportunities which, which that are in commuting distance of DC because I'm, I don't want to put them through that again. So luckily Capital One worked out and I didn't have to move. <laughs> have, have you guys ever, I, I know that Cassandra, you're the one asking the questions, but I actually have one that kind of interests me. Have you guys ever counted up the number of different addresses that you have had over the years? Because for yes. me, it's like, it's like over 25, I think. I mean, just between, you know, military and, and college and then, you know, my post-college life. But Yeah, doing the security questionnaire where you have to oh, list yeah. all of your addresses <laughs> um, was always a challenge. Yeah. Hey, Steve, uh, I stopped counting after 30. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I was good on that. I stopped counting after that. <laughs> No, feel free to ask questions. See, that, that's, that's an amazing question. And my mind is blown to think to have more than the seven addresses that I've personally had. And that includes college, moving a couple times, and now my home. Um, so definitely feel free to, to ask questions. And I mean, it sounds like it's been a positive impact personally in everyone's lives. And you're, you're, you've been able to you know, call out and kind of focus on, especially Allison, not wanting to move your kids um, again and looking for that stability and like having to put, you know, your, your, your child into daycare at six weeks. I mean, I, I personally know that that is definitely tough to do. Um, Steve, I, I definitely want to ask you, like, how do you think it's um, with your father being actively deployed and sending cassette tapes um, home? I, I, I love that <laughs> for for, for you to hear his voice with him being actively de deployed, how do you think that impacted you um, growing up um, as a military child? Um, I will say I highly recommend it. As, as a recipient of that, I highly recommend if, if you as a military parent um, are separated from your family for a period of time, Finding ways to engage your children is going to create a memory that is going to stick with them decades later. I still remember those tapes. Um, and it may have seemed to him to have been a very small gesture, right? I think he was allowed to come home occasionally. On, I, think, I think maybe we saw him twice or three times over the course of that year. Um, but, and, and I don't, remember those visits. I do remember the tapes, you know, and so that you just, you just don't know the impact that you're going to have on your child. And, um, you know, it's, it's difficult, but children are resilient. You know, they, they understand that you are an adult and you have to go do adult things. Um, but, you know, I, I, I know that we talked about stability and stability for children is definitely important. Look, you know, all three of us, it sounds like, um, had families and parents who loved us and cared for us. And that was our stability, you know, um, the stability of knowing that we had parents who loved their country, uh, loved it enough to swear an oath to defend that country and to put themselves at the service of that country to be sent 
anywhere that was required. Um, that that is stability. You know, it's not the same stability that my wife had. My wife, um, she's from rural Ohio, and she was one of these. You know, her dad was a had his term in, in the military, but he got out I think before she was born. Um, and she only had a couple of addresses for the, her entire childhood because she lived, you know, she basically lived in the same home. And she and I have completely different experiences and, and outlooks on on moving and, you know, being tied to an area. That is that is an impact that maybe um, that's an interesting thing in that I feel much less rooted to a place that doesn't have family in it. Um, I, we live in an area of the country where I don't have any family. I would rather be, you know, and the rest of my family actually lives in Colorado Springs, which is where I was born and where my father PCS to on retirement. Um, that means permanent change of station. For those of you who aren't familiar with the military uh, acronyms, um, and I will, I will always feel uprooted wherever I live if I'm not with my family, uh, with my extended family. So um, anyway, that's that's I think a lasting impact that being military has had to me is I you know my wife is very much a, a creature, a person of uh, who loves her state and who loves the area in, in which she she grew up. And for me, it's you know if my family all decided all two of my siblings and their families and my parents decided to pick up and move to Washington state. Um, that's where I'd want to go. Right. So anyway. Yeah, Steve, I, I like what you said about the resiliency part and, and that being stability as well, because my three older sons, you know, they moved around a lot in, you know, when, when I was in and deployed a lot during that time frame. But you know they were able to go anywhere and integrate very quickly, make friends fast, and 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 make that time count, even though it would be short. Uh, went to great countries like Japan, uh, and they made best friends that they still have to this day. Best best men at their wedding, and and you know timeless memories. And and uh, and I think being that example, you know, with, with my oldest son, 28, following in my footsteps, and still, you know, blazing his own trail. I just couldn't be prouder, you know, and they're finding their own way. And, and it's, and, you know, the, the resiliency is there that, that they could go anywhere in this world and I don't have to worry about them. You know, that, that's something that the military instills in all the kids um, and the parents are the example, uh, just like what Steve was talking about. Uh, we have two surprise guests here, two military kids strong, Daniela and Dominic. They got to go to class soon, but they just wanted to say hi. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go back. Go, go back to class. <laughs> David, um, I wish that my daughter was as resilient as your kids turned out to be. She's unfortunately struggled with her. Um, so just her social skills and making friends. My son is totally opposite. He, wherever we go, he makes a friend. My daughter is not. So I definitely that was a huge consideration for me getting out of the military because I knew that she was a kind of child, an introverted child who just needed to be comfortable somewhere to be able to make those lasting friendships. I was scared for, I'm still nervous for her, but I was really, I mean, there were some kind of dark days for us. And that's a lot to say with um, a pre-K kid and a kindergartner and a first grader that you're that worried about your kid. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's huge. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I will say that that is that is a challenge. Um, I definitely empathize with your daughter. Um, I yeah, I had a turbulent time as a teenager. Um, you know, it's when I discovered that um, I had uh, you know depression and anxiety, and and that diagnosis came with some drama that um, that you know upset the family. So um, I think that it it's good it's good to sort of recognize these issues so that we as parents can can kind of head them off before they become dangerous. And so um, you know, kudos to you for sort of recognizing that and having your eyes open. And I think that's just one of the many challenges that military families face is that these things are hard on children, right? And and you know, children are resilient, that yes, there are lasting things that um, I think that I still deal with today as maybe partially the result of um, of our of the dynamic that we had uh, when I was growing up. So. Yeah, Steve. Hey, man. Th thanks for sharing that. That that's really you know that's very uh, very personal. Thanks for sharing that with us, man. Because you know even on the flip side, kids even even today they don't really have the tools to even talk to parents who have deployed. Right? We deploy, you know, depending on your your professional line of work, but you may not necessarily come back as the same person. You know, depending on your experiences and what you went through, and you know maybe even some trauma. And and kids don't have the tools to to really talk to mom and dad when they come home, you know, they may not be, you know, the same person that they left. And, and I think the army, I know for sure is moving in that direction. They've made great strides in uh, resiliency courses for, for teenagers and, and young kids to, to know how to have those difficult conversations with parents because it's serious topics. Yeah. Like you said, depression, anxiety, I mean, it plagues all of us. It's a, it's a, not a discriminator for sure, no matter how old you are. So thanks for sharing that with us, Steve. Yeah, and definitely. I, say, I appreciate you sharing that, Steve. I, I really do. Sorry to cut you off, Steve, but I, I really do appreciate you sharing that. I mean, it does take a lot uh, to be that transparent and, and share um, what you've personally gone through um, and how it's affected you. Um, so I definitely do appreciate you sharing that. I will say that I think that the military and the VA, I think there's a lot more, um, and certainly, of course, with Capital One. I, I tell you, when I came to Capital One, one of the things I really appreciated was let me sort of give a shout out to another BRG. Uh, the, you know, I, I'm an ally of the Salute BRG because I'm, you know, I come from a military family and I definitely have an interest in, in those who serve our country um, and wanting to help them succeed at Capital One. But um, I'm also a member of the Capabilities BRG, which has a, um, a mental health subgroup called Gray Matter. And the amount of acceptance and care that community has for each other is just amazing and um all that to say you know there are resources out there that we can that we can grasp to to help us through these these tough times and um and yeah i i wish that when i was when i was your daughter's age i would have had i would have had access to some of those you know maybe things would have turned out a bit differently but you know i'm here now and I work at a great company, and I have a, a lovely little family, uh, one one child. Um, and uh, you know, I'm sure that your your daughter will pull through too, and that there are excellent excellent resources. So, you know. thanks. I, I appreciate that. She she's doing so much better now that we're stabilized somewhere, and she can actually work on herself. So, um, 
to your point about the resources at Capital One, they used to say in the army, if if the army wanted you to have a family, they would have issued you one. Um, yeah. So uh, that was the mindset of who who took priority in the army, which is true. I mean, you you sign up to serve, um, and your family often sacrifices. Um, I came to Capital One assuming, um, not being in the private sector before, but assuming that the same talk about taking care of your family was going to be the same at Capital One in that your manager said, I want you to take care of your family, but I kind of need you to be at work right now. I have been just delightfully surprised that when people say, I want you to take care of your family here, they actually mean it. And then they don't get upset about you taking time off or doing what you need to do to take care of your family. So that was a huge, huge surprise and delight to me. Allison, oh my gosh, you must be in my head because everything you're saying is like, I just, it just really resonates with me. The part we just said about Capital One and the culture and the leaders, the managers, my daughter, my 19 month old daughter was hospitalized last week at Inova Children's Hospital for the, the whole week. Um, and uh, she was very sick. And I mean, no questions asked. My manager was like, take care of your family. Exactly what you said, Allison. They mean it. It's not a, it's not a buzz phrase. It's not a take care of your family, but you need to get this suspense out before, uh, before you go to the hospital. Nothing. I mean, my team stepped up. They took care of themselves, uh, you know, checked in with me every now and then, but they were like, hey, focus on your family. We got this. Don't worry about it. And you know, the the gray hair doesn't come from didn't come from Capital One last week. It came from just being worried about my daughter and and my my wife just being incredible, and just the uncertainty and the, the just being scared. You know, someone's so little, and you kind of feel helpless. But Inova, the 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 providers and medical teams there were just incredible. Um, she's home. She got home on Friday, and she's recovering uh, greatly. I mean, she's doing incredible. She's my little tough soldier, and and uh, she's getting better each and every day. But no way I could have have peace of mind and focus, really focus 100% on my family without Capital One support. My manager, uh, specifically, I don't know if I can say his name, but I'm, I've given him so many shout outs already um, in, in, uh, at Capital One. They really walk the walk. You know, they don't just talk the talk. I mean, they really uh, just do, you know, the BRGs that Steve was talking about. I'm a, I'm a member of Salute as well and allied to all the other ones. And, and um you know, I've heard other companies, they pitch BRGs and I've talked to their employees. Nobody had come across anybody yet that compares to what Capital One does. I mean, even, even just the, the community involvement, the, the volunteering efforts. If, if you have a, a passion that you volunteer, a company that you volunteer with, which I do, um, Capital One not only says, hey, kudos on you. They actually put money towards that organization. I mean, it's incredible the, the support that comes from from Capital One, just from top to bottom. I just could not be more blessed to be part of this organization. Thank you, David. And I'm happy to hear um, your daughter's doing uh, so much better. That that's definitely scary when kiddos are that little and you have to stay for extended stays in the hospital. Um, like as you called out. Steve called out, and Allison also mentioned, like, we, we definitely do have the resources here um, at Capital One um, for you to act, actively be a member of our BRGs or be an ally. Um, as we wrap up, um, I do want to ask, like, if anyone has a piece of advice um, for those um, who are currently serving, um, who have retired, um, or who are children uh, of military, just 
any advice, personal or professional advice um, you may have uh, for them. I have some advice and I think my advice is for parents not to be so hard on themselves. And that's parents of military children. Um, it is very easy to fall into the trap where you see your neighbors or the other school moms who are have these very mature uh, groups and their kids are all playing together. And you suddenly think to yourself, what have I done to make my kid be on the outside of this group? Because it's, she's never grown up. She did not grow up with these kids. So I would say, go easy on yourself and just take it one day at a time and work through those issues. Yeah, I would go back to just what I said earlier about being intentional about creating memories for your children when things are difficult and finding join the everyday, um, you know, creating touchstones like one of the things that we would do in Germany is we would go on these, they have these uh, nature walks that are called Volksmarches that go all around the countryside in Germany. And we did, we did several dozen of those. Um, and that was always a chance to go out and see a little bit more of the, the host country that we were in uh, and to appreciate the culture um, and to kind of realize that, you know, there's, <laughs> there's life and people outside America, right? That's, I think, one of the things that I, one of the perspectives I picked up that I really treasure is the fact that, that, um, that I've actually spent, you know, I've spent time outside the U.S. and, and I've seen that there, that other cultures have a great deal to offer. And um, I think that experience sets your children up for working in a diverse cap, a diverse, such a diverse environment as Capital One, you know, going over and submersing yourself in, 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 in somebody else's culture and being um, perceived and perceiving yourself as an outsider helps you to appreciate when you move into another place where you are part of the dominant group or part of the, you know, part of that group that you realize you can empathize better with those experiences, right? You can, you can empathize with people who, um, who are on the outside and, and you can try to bring them in and include them. So I think that as parents, you should realize that um, that it, this is a great teaching experience for your uh, great teaching experience for you, great learning experience for your kids. Um, if you will only, you know, view it that way, and not maybe so much as um, a hardship, you know, even though it is definitely a hardship, uh, but just to embrace the challenge and and look for the lessons and the things that that you'll remember. Yeah, I would like to piggyback off what Steve said regarding the culture and uh, make them a part of your journey. You know, um, make those priceless memories like Steve was talking about. Uh, my kids have been to Japan, Hawaii, um, you know, almost every state in the country <laughs> in the United States. I mean, they've been all over. And, and we don't just stay on post, right? We don't just live in our own military community. We actually live in our homes are in the community and we're part of the culture and just immerse ourselves in there. We've climbed Mount Fuji a couple of times uh, in Eva Beach in Hawaii. It's so family focused. Like you have, there's like 10 cars in, in, in one house because that's that's how they live. It takes a village, right? That's not just a, a, a catchphrase or anything. It literally does. 
and and some cultures really do it do it very well and and for our kids to see that and experience that like you said steve you know it's not just how we live it's for them to see that uh it just you know the imagination growth and it gives them that confidence that that they can do that you know when they get older my older kids they've gone to greece they've gone to overseas bahamas and on their own on their own vacations and i'm like I'm not even worried because they they just know, I just know that they'll be okay. And, um, and so that's one thing I'll say, make them part of the journey, make those, uh, create those timeless memories. Talk to them about your profession. I've met several uh, military families and, and I asked the kid, I said, oh, so your dad's military, what does he do? And they're like, I don't know. Talk to your children about what you do in the military. As, as a military parent, we're constantly talking to our kids about, you know, what do we do at work? Uh, why do we wear this uniform and talk to them about sacrifice and service and, uh, you know, being a part of something greater than yourself and uh, and also taking part in, in celebrating events and holidays that really highlight the military. Also, a lot of times we, we take we take uh, service for granted Oh, somebody else will do that or, you know, don't worry about that. Um, there's so much one person can do to, to really make an impact in this world and make an impact in people's lives. And, uh, and you put that in them at a very early age. And oh my gosh, you'll just see them soar. Like I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to see my 20 some kids, see them do that in their, in their own lives. And now we're shaping our little ones uh, to do the same. My wife retires after 20 years next year. And, uh, and she's, she's all about the stability as well and, and giving them uh, structure and a place when, when somebody asks you, where are you from? You don't have to think about all the 18 places that you've been to or where you graduated college or where you graduate high school or you mean where I grew up or where I was born or, you know, they'll just have one place, you know, that, that they can call home. And that's such a beautiful thing that we can give our kids. So. I appreciate the additional insight. I want to thank um, you again, Steve, Allison and David for sharing your very personal stories. Um, I've taken away a lot um, from what you've shared. Um, for those um, who are interested in expanding their knowledge um, or want to become more involved, uh, Steve, David, and Ellison have already shouted out. Um, our Salute BRG is an amazing resource. You can become an ally if you are active or not active, um, but most definitely do check out um, our Salute BRG. Um, I simply joined the Slack channel and that's how I was able to connect with my amazing guests today. Um, so I definitely cannot uh, thank you enough. I want to thank everyone again for tuning in to the Humanity Absourcing podcast. Until next time. Bye-bye. And welcome to the Humanity of Sourcing podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Gundy. Um, I am a diversity sourcer here at Capital One, uh, currently supporting our retail direct bank team, focusing on um, our D plus population um, on some product roles. Um, in addition to uh, my sourcer role here at Capital One, um, I do provide some program management support for uh, some of our programs here within the diversity uh, sourcing community. And one of those programs being this podcast, the Humanity of Sourcing Pod. Um, for those of us uh, joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, the purpose of our podcast is to provide resources to not only uh, sourcers 
and recruiters here at Capital One, but all of Capital One. Um, in addition to um, the resources that we provide, um, we also like to utilize uh, this platform to highlight upcoming events, um, holidays, and celebrations. Today, um, as we are wrapping up the month of April, I wanted to take time um, to acknowledge and celebrate um, the month of the military child. Um, for those tuning in, um, in the month of April, um, our nation pays tribute um, to the resilience um, and tenacity of our military children. Today, we have three guests um, who are themselves um, military children or parents um, to military children. So I, I'm really excited uh, to welcome uh, Steve, Allison, and David. Um, I will allow um, all three of my guests to introduce um, themselves, but I'm definitely excited uh, to chat through and really just highlight on um, the month of the military child, even prior to pulling up to record uh, this pod. I, I just, I, th their stories and their experiences are definitely inspiring and definitely grateful for the service um, that they themselves um, have have contributed contributed and also um, their parents as well. So I'll allow uh, Steve to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Steve Tillekainen. I joined Capital One uh, in January of this year. I work for the card line of business as an architect. I report to the divisional chief architect uh, and I am focused on uh, architecture tooling for, um, for the card line of business. Perfect. Thank you, Steve. And you can go ahead and Allison and introduce yourself. Uh, thanks so much, Cassandra. And thanks for having me on the podcast. My name is Allison Atkins and I am a business counsel in cyber. Um, I joined Capital One right when the pandemic started. So I've never seen my office and um, came right from the military. I retired almost exactly one year ago with 20 years of service in the army. And I have two children, um, an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old who have been with me for this entire time um, since the schools have been closed down. So thanks again. I'm looking forward to the talk. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations on your retirement and thanks again for your service. And last but not least, David. Hi, Cassandra and the, the rest of the team on here. Thank you for, for hosting this uh, for us today. Uh, my name is David Gomez and I joined Capital One Back in January, as a military fellow through the Corporate Fellowship Program, Hiring Our Heroes Program, incredible program for our veterans out there, and officially came uh, hired on to uh, Capital One on 5 April. Uh, so still uh, working my way through. I am an actually a uh, agile delivery lead in the ATM machines area. So I have two teams uh, that, I, that I support, uh, coding software engineering teams, incredible teams. They do phenomenal work every day. And I am married. My spouse is also active duty Army. I have exactly two days left in the military. Uh, May 1st will be my uh, official effective retirement date in, uh, in the United States Army after 28 years of service. Uh, I did a few years in the Air Force as enlisted and a few years and, and the rest of the time uh, in the Army. So uh, I got, got uh, exposure to two different branches. And I have a total of six children, three grown children in their 20s. My oldest is 28 years old. He's a captain in the army. And, uh, and I have three little ones here at home, an eight-year-old son, five-year-old daughter, and a 19-month-old daughter that we're also homeschooling since the pandemic. So uh, 
Never a dull moment in the Gomez house, but excited to be here. <laughs> thank you so much, David. And, and thank, congratulations on your upcoming uh, retirement. And thank you for your service. Wow, full house, <laughs> David, definitely a full house. Um, and wow, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll definitely go ahead and kick it off and just ask, like, and ask, ask the group, what, what was it like having a parent who is um, or was an active member um, of the military growing up? And that's for those who are active, <laughs> who are actually parents of kiddos, um, and those who actually are possibly spouses um, or support partners um, for those who are serving active duty. So I uh, grew up as uh, an Air Force brat, I guess you could say. Um, I have my, uh, my father uh, actually met his um, the person who had become his wife and my mom uh, while he was deployed over in England as an enlisted uh, weather officer and uh, came back to the States. And about five years after they were married, um, I came along. And then um, we have pretty much moved uh, every three or four years since then. And, uh, and that took us overseas. Uh, I've lived, I've spent two stints in Germany um, during the end of the Cold War. Uh, that was fascinating. Um, and I also had the experience of having my dad on remote assignment for a year when I was about uh, six or seven years old, uh, to Iceland. So that was a time when he was apart from us. And so we had, to the way with, that we stayed in contact was kind of interesting. Um, he actually recorded books on tape for us. So there were, there were some books like, uh, bread and jam for Francis and blueberries for Sal. And these were, uh, I think Calicot or Newberry, uh, award winner books. And I still remember, the uh, the hiss of the cassette playing my dad's voice and me falling asleep to it at night, hearing him read these books to us. And that's a memory that I will always uh, treasure. So it was, you know, a mix of, of, uh, of good times and, and fun memories of, of exploring other cultures. And then also the, the toughness of separation from family and also you know, having to pick up and, and befriend uh, new people whenever I changed uh, schools. So that's what it was. That's kind of what it was like in sort of the broad sense. And I could um, speak to that, to, to that, Steve. Um, as you were speaking, I was thinking that um, as a military parent, never having been a military child myself, so I cannot speak to that part, but as my children grew up from five birth and taking them to daycare as six weeks old until I got out of the military last year, I always had these two schools of thought, two competing interests in my brain. And one of them was that I was excited to bring these kids into this environment, into this community. I was excited to travel with them in Asia and take them all over the country and, and ex experience all sorts of cool things with them but I was also just so guilty that I couldn't give them the stability that they needed, um, especially my son, he needed that stability or that they wanted. So they would 
make good they would make good friends and then we would pack up and leave they would play soccer and and then we would pack up and leave so now that we're stable in the dc area i finally kind of see that that the kids need that stability so just that excitement versus the guilt of parenting is really something that i thought about a lot over the past nine years Yeah, Allison, yeah. I can definitely, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, 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 um, you go ahead. Okay, Allison, I can definitely uh, relate to that. I, you, haven't, you just haven't retired just a year, you're still in that honeymoon phase, and, uh, and here I'm going into that phase, so uh, I might need to hit you up for some, uh, some, uh, some advice there later on, but I can definitely relate to Steve and Allison both as a, uh, I was a military brat since the age of nine for, for about 10 years. So I did move with my, my stepdad. He was in the army, went to Germany. So Steve, I think we chewed some of the same dirt, man. Uh, during the Cold War, I was there uh, in Berlin. I got a piece of the wall. Um, did my uh, last few years in high school in Germany. So incredible experience. Uh, my dad never deployed in the sense that is, you know, that term is related to these days as far as like Middle East or anything like that, uh, a war zone. Uh, but we did go overseas. We traveled, uh, had the, had the, the blessing of traveling to other countries, France, Italy, while while uh, we were stationed over there. Um, but like Steve said, we moved around a lot. So, you know, just as you're getting to be uh, BFFs with with some some of the local kids and local military kids, uh, you got to move. You know, we moved every 18 months, every two years. My dad was a mechanic, um, so uh, he worked on cars a lot um, and a lot of uh, tanks and vehicles and, and things of that nature. So for 10 years. Uh, you know, I got to see a lot of the world, and that's really what inspired me to then turn around and, and serve my country as well. He was my inspiration, and uh, at the age of 19, as soon as I graduated high school, I signed up and uh, and I enlisted in uh, in the Air Force. Uh, so, Steve, again, uh, something else we can relate to. Uh, I did my enlisted years in the Air Force. My dad told me, he said, uh, "Son, you, you you got the scores. If if, if you want to join a branch, join the Air Force. They they got all the cool stuff. They got the best housing. They go to the coolest places." Um, so I took his advice, but I only did that for about uh, for about eight years, and then uh, went to college, got my degree, and then joined the military in 2001 as a as a lieutenant in the Army, and been with the Army ever since. And uh, just been an incredible experience, and and definitely to what Allison stated earlier. Uh, you know, that guilt, you know, trying to maintain that balance and, and give your kids stability. That's what I'm looking forward to the most, especially uh, my wife is also active duty. You know, um, luckily, we've been able to stabilize here in the D.C. area since 2016. So they've actually been here for the last five years. And uh, and that's the most we've ever been anywhere. And and so I, it's just a, a huge blessing to be able to give them that stability and that uh, that structure that, that kids really need. And that Allison pointed to earlier. So. And to, to that point, David, when I've been in DC since 2007, my husband is still active duty. He's retiring this year. That was the key thought when I was looking for a job was I do not want to move my children again. So I need to find opportunities which, which that are in commuting distance of DC because I don't want to put them through that again. So luckily Capital One worked out and I didn't have to move. <laughs> no. Have you guys ever, I, I know that Cassandra, you're the one asking the questions, but I actually have one that kind of interests me. Have you guys ever counted up the number of different addresses that you have had over the years? Because for yes. me, it's like, it's like over 25, I think. 
I mean, just between, you know, military and, and college and then, you know, my post college life, but yeah, doing the security questionnaire where you have to oh, list yeah. all of your addresses um, was always a challenge. Yeah. Hey, Steve, uh, I stopped counting after 30. So uh, yeah, I, I think I was good on that. I stopped counting after that. <laughs> no, feel free to ask questions. See, that, that, that's an amazing question. And my mind is blown to think to have more than the seven addresses that I've personally had. And that includes college moving a couple times and now my home um so definitely feel free to to ask questions and i mean it sounds like it's been a positive impact personally in everyone's lives and you're you're you've been able to you know call out and kind of focus on especially allison not wanting to move your kids um again and looking for that stability and like having to put you know your 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 child into daycare at six weeks. I mean, I, I personally know that that is definitely tough to do. Um, Steve, I, I definitely want to ask you, like, how do you think it's um, with your father being actively deployed and sending cassette tapes um, home? I, I I love that <laughs> for 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 you to hear his voice with him being actively de deployed. How do you think that impacted you um, growing up um, as a military child? Um, I will say I highly recommend it as, as a recipient of that. I highly recommend if, if you as a military parent, um, are separated from your family for a period of time, finding ways to engage your children is going to create a memory that is going to stick with them decades later. I still remember those tapes. Um, and it may have seemed to him to have been a very small gesture, right? I think he was allowed to come home occasionally on, I think, I think maybe we saw him twice or three times over the course of that year. Um, but, and I, I don't remember those visits. I do remember the tapes, you know? And so you just, you just don't know the impact that you're going to have on your child and um, you know, it's, it's difficult, but children are resilient. You know, they, they understand that you are an adult and you have to go do adult things. Um, but, you know, I, I, I know that we talked about stability and stability for children is definitely important. Look, you know, all three of us, it sounds like um, had families and parents who loved us and cared for us. And that was our stability, you know, um, the stability of knowing that we had parents who loved their country, uh, loved it enough to swear an oath to defend that country and to put themselves at the service of that country to be sent anywhere that was required. Um, that That is stability, you know. It's not the same stability that my wife had. My wife, um, she's from rural Ohio, and she was one of these, you know, her dad was a, had his term in, in the military, but he got out, I think, before she was born. Um, and she only had a couple of addresses for the, her entire childhood because she lived, you know, she basically lived in the same home. And she and I have completely different experiences and, and outlooks on, on moving and, you know, being tied to an area. That is, that is an impact that, maybe 
um, that's an interesting thing in that I feel much less rooted to a place that doesn't have family in it. Um, I, we live in an area of the country where I don't have any family. I would rather be, you know, and the rest of my family actually lives in Colorado Springs, which is where I was born and where my father PCS to on retirement. Um, that means permanent change of station. For those of you who aren't familiar with the military uh, acronyms. Um, and I will, I will always feel uprooted wherever I live if I'm not with my family, uh, with my extended family. So um, anyway, that's, that's, I think, a lasting impact that being military has had to me is, I, you know, my wife is very much a, a creature, a person of uh, who loves her state and who loves the area in, in which she, she grew up. And for me, it's, you know, if my family all decided, all two of my siblings and their families and my parents decided to pick up and move to Washington State, um, that's where I'd want to go, right? So, anyway. Yeah, Steve, I, I like what you said about the resiliency part and, and that being stability as well, because my three older sons, you know, they moved around a lot in, you know, when, when I was in and deployed a lot during that time frame. But, you know, they were able to go anywhere and integrate very quickly, make friends fast and, and, and make that time count, even though it would be short. Uh, went to great countries like Japan uh, and they made best friends that they still have to this day. Best, best men at their wedding and, and, you know, timeless memories. And, and, uh, and I think being that example, you know, with, with my oldest son, 28, following my footsteps and still, you know, blazing his own trail. I just couldn't be prouder, you know, and they're finding their own way. And, and it's, and, you know, the, the resiliency is there that, that they could go anywhere in this world and I don't have to worry about them. You know, that, that's something that the military instills in all the kids um, and the parents are the example, uh, just like what Steve was talking about. Uh, we have two surprise guests here, two military kids strong, Daniela and Dominic. They got to go to class soon, but they just wanted to say hi. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go back. Go, go back to class. <laughs> David, um, I wish that my daughter was as resilient as your kids turned out to be. She's unfortunately struggled with her. Uh, so just her social skills and making friends. My son is totally opposite. He, wherever we go, he makes a friend. My daughter is not. So I definitely that was a huge consideration for me getting out of the military because I knew that she was a kind of child, an introverted child who just needed to be comfortable somewhere to be able to make those lasting friendships. I was scared for, I'm still nervous for her, but I was really, I mean, there were some kind of dark days for us. And that's a lot to say with um, a pre-K kid and a kindergartner and a first grader that you're that worried about your kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I will say that that is that is a challenge. Um, I definitely empathize with your daughter. Um, I yeah, I had a turbulent time as a teenager. Um, you know, it's when I discovered that um, I had uh, you know depression and anxiety, and and that diagnosis came with some drama that um, that you know upset the family. So um, I think that it, it's good, it's good to sort of recognize these issues so that we as parents can, can kind of head them off before they become dangerous. And so 
um, you know, kudos to you for sort of recognizing that and having your eyes open. And I think that's just one of the many challenges that military families face is that these things are hard on children, right? And, and you know, children are resilient, but yes, there are lasting things that um, I think that I still deal with today as maybe partially the result of, um, of, our, of the dynamic that we had uh, when I was growing up. So. Yeah, Steve. Hey, man. Th thanks for sharing that. That that's really you know that's very uh, very personal. Thanks for sharing that with us, man. Because you know even on the flip side, kids even even today they don't really have the tools to even talk to parents who have deployed. Right? We deploy, you know, depending on your your professional line of work, but you may not necessarily come back as the same person. You know, depending on your experiences and what you went through and you know, maybe even some trauma and, and kids don't have the tools to, to really talk to mom and dad when they come home, you know, they may not be, you know, the same person that they left. And, and I, th I think the army, I know for sure is moving in that direction. They've made great strides in uh, resiliency courses for, for teenagers and, and young kids to, to know how to have those difficult conversations with parents because it's serious topics. Yeah. Like you said, depression, anxiety, I mean, it plagues all of us. It, it's a, it's, it's a, not a discriminator for sure, no matter how old you are. So thanks for sharing that with us, Steve. Yeah, and definitely. I, say, I appreciate you sharing that, Steve. I, I really do. Sorry to cut yeah. you off, Steve, but I, I really do appreciate you sharing that. I mean, it does take a lot uh, to be that transparent and, and share um, what you've personally gone through um, and how it's affected you. Um, so I definitely do appreciate you sharing that. I will say that I think that the military and the VA, I think there's a lot more, um, and certainly, of course, with Capital One. I, I tell you, when I came to Capital One, one of the things I really appreciated was let me sort of give a shout out to another BRG. Uh, the, you know, I, I'm an ally of the Salute BRG because I'm, you know, I come from a military family and I definitely have an interest in, in those who serve our country um, and wanting to help them succeed at Capital One. But um, I'm also a member of the Capabilities BRG, which has a, um, a mental health subgroup called Gray Matter. And the amount of acceptance and care that community has for each other is just amazing and um all that to say you know there are resources out there that we can that we can grasp to to help us through these these tough times and um and yeah i i wish that when i was when i was your daughter's age i would have had i would have had access to some of those you know maybe things would have turned out a bit differently but you know i'm here now and I work at a great company, and I have a, a lovely little family, uh, one one child. Um, and uh, you know, I'm sure that your your daughter will pull through too, and that there are excellent excellent resources. So, you know. thanks. I, I appreciate that. She she's doing so much better now that we're stabilized somewhere, and she can actually work on herself. So, um, to your point about the resources at Capital One, they used to say in the army if if the army wanted you to have a family, they would have issued you one. Um, yeah. So uh, that was the mindset of who who took priority in the army, which is true. I mean, you, you sign up to serve um, and your family often sacrifices. Um, I came to Capital One assuming, um, not being in the private sector before, but assuming that the same talk about taking care of your family was going to be the same at Capital One in that your manager said, I want you to take care of your family, but I kind of need you to be at work right now. I have been just delightfully surprised that when people say, I want you to take care of your family here, they actually mean it. 
and then they don't get upset about you taking time off or doing what you need to do to take care of your family. So that was a huge, huge surprise and delight to me. Allison, oh my gosh, you must be in my head because everything you're saying is like, I just, it just really resonates with me. The part we just said about Capital One and the culture and the leaders, the managers, my daughter, my 19 month old daughter was hospitalized last week at Inova Children's Hospital for the, the whole week. Um, and uh, she was very sick. And I mean, no questions asked. My manager was like, take care of your family. Exactly what you said, Allison. They mean it. It's not a, it's not a buzz phrase. It's not a take care of your family, but you need to get this suspense out before, uh, before you go to the hospital. Nothing. I mean, my team stepped up. They took care of themselves, uh, you know, checked in with me every now and then. But they were like, hey, focus on your family. We got this. Don't worry about it. And, you know, the the gray hair doesn't come from didn't come from Capital One last week. It came from just being worried about my daughter and, and my, my wife just being incredible and just the uncertainty and the, the just being scared. You know, someone's so little and you kind of feel helpless. But Inova, the, the, the providers and medical teams there were just incredible. Um, she's home. She got home on Friday and she's recovering uh, greatly. I mean, she's doing incredible. She's my little tough soldier and, and uh, she's getting better each and every day. But no way I could have have peace of mind and focus, really focus 100% on my family without Capital One support. My manager uh, specifically, I don't know if I can say his name, but I'm, I'm giving him so many shout outs already um, in, in, uh, at Capital One. They really walk the walk. You know, they don't just talk the talk. I mean, they really uh, just do, you know, the BRGs that Steve was talking about. I'm a, I'm a member of Salute as well and allied to all the other ones. And, and um you know, I've heard other companies, they pitch BRGs and I've talked to their employees. Nobody had come across anybody yet that compares to what Capital One does. I mean, even, even just the, the community involvement, the, the volunteering efforts. If, if you have a, a passion that you volunteer, a company that you volunteer with, which I do, um, Capital One not only says, hey, kudos on you. They actually put money towards that organization. I mean, it's incredible the, the support that comes from, from Capital One, just from top to bottom. I just could not be more blessed to be part of this organization. Thank you, David. And I'm happy to hear um, your daughter's doing uh, so much better. That, that's definitely scary when kiddos are that little and you have to stay. For extended stays in the hospital, um, like as you called out, Steve called out and Allison also mentioned, like we, we definitely do have the resources here um, at Capital One um, for you to act, actively be a member of our BRGs or be an ally. Um, as we wrap up, um, I do want to ask, like if anyone has a piece of advice um, for those um, who are currently serving, um, who have retired um, or who are children uh, of military, just any advice personal or professional advice um, you may have uh, for them. I have some advice and I think my advice is for parents not to be so hard on themselves. And that's parents of military children. Um, it is very easy to fall into the trap where you see your neighbors or the other school moms who are have these very mature uh, groups and their kids are all playing together and you suddenly think to yourself, what have I done to make my kid be on the outside of this group? Because it's, she's never grown up. She did not grow up with these kids. So I would say, go easy on yourself and just 
take it one day at a time and work through those issues. Yeah, I would go back to just what I said earlier about being intentional about creating memories for your children when things are difficult and finding joy in the everyday, um, you know, creating touchstones. Like one of the things that we would do in Germany is we would go on these, they have these uh, nature walks that are called Volksmarches that go all around the countryside in Germany. And we did, we did several dozen of those. Um, and that was always a chance to go out and see a little bit more of the, the host country that we were in uh, and to appreciate the culture um, and to kind of realize that, you know, there's <laughs> there's life and people outside America. Right. That's I think one of the things that I one of the perspectives I picked up that I really treasure is the fact that that um, that I've actually spent, you know, I've spent time outside the U.S. and. And I've seen that there that other cultures have a great deal to offer. And um, I think that experience sets your children up for working in a diverse cap, a diverse, such a diverse environment as Capital One, you know, going over and submersing yourself in, in, in somebody else's culture and being um, perceived and perceiving yourself as an outsider helps you to appreciate when you move into another place where you are part of the dominant group or part of the, you know, part of that group that you realize you can empathize better with those experiences, right? You can, you can empathize with people who, um, who are on the outside and, and you can try to bring them in and include them. So I think that as parents, you should realize that, um, that it's, this is a great teaching experience for your uh, great teaching experience for you, a great learning experience for your kids. Um, if you will only, you know, view it that way and not maybe so much as um, a hardship, you know, even though it is definitely a hardship, uh, but just to embrace the challenge and, and look for the lessons and the things that, that you'll remember. Yeah, I would like to piggyback off what Steve said regarding the culture and uh, make them a part of your journey. You know, um, make those priceless memories like Steve was talking about. Uh, my kids have been to Japan, Hawaii, um, you know, almost every state in the country <laughs> in the United States. I mean, they've been all over. And, and we don't just stay on post, right? We don't just live in our own military community. We actually live in our homes, are in the community, and we're part of the culture and just immerse ourselves in there. We've climbed Mount Fuji a couple of times uh, in Eba Beach in Hawaii. It's so family focused. Like you have, there's like 10 cars in, in, in one house because that's that's how they live. It takes a village, right? That's not just a, a, a catchphrase or anything. It literally does. And and some cultures really do it, do it very well. And and for our kids to see that and experience that, like you said, Steve, you know, it's not just how we live. It's for them to see that. Uh, it just, you know, the imagination growth and it gives them that confidence that, that they can do that, you know, when they get older. My older kids, they've gone to Greece, they've gone to overseas Bahamas and on their own, on their own vacations. And I'm like, I'm not even worried because they they just know, I just know that they'll be okay. And um, and so that's one thing I'll say, make them part of the journey, make those, uh, create those timeless memories. Talk to them about your profession. I've met several uh, military families and, and I asked the kid, I said, oh, so your dad's military, what does he do? And they're like, I don't know. Talk to your children about what you do in the military. As, as a military parent, 
we're constantly talking to our kids about, you know, what do we do at work? Uh, why do we wear this uniform? And talk to them about sacrifice and service and, uh, you know, being a part of something greater than yourself. And, uh, and also taking part in, in celebrating events and holidays that really highlight the military also. A lot of times we, we take, we take uh, service for granted. Oh, somebody else will do that. Or, you know, don't worry about that. Um, there's so much one person can do to, to really make an impact in this world and make an impact in people's lives. And, uh, and you put that in them at a very early age. And oh my gosh, you'll just see them soar. Like I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to see my 20 some kids, see them do that in their, in their own lives. And now we're shaping our little ones uh, to do the same. My wife retires after 20 years next year. And, uh, and she's, she's all about the stability as well and, and giving them uh, structure and a place when, when somebody asks you, where are you from? You don't have to think about all the 18 places that you've been to or where you graduated college or where you graduate high school or you mean where I grew up or where I was born or, you know, they'll just have one place, you know, that, that they can call home. And that's such a beautiful thing that we can give our kids. So. I appreciate the additional insight. I want to thank um, you again, Steve, Allison, and David for sharing your very personal stories. Um, I've taken away a lot um, from what you've shared. Um, for those um, who are interested in expanding their knowledge um, or want to become more involved, uh, Steve, David, and Allison have already shouted out. Um, our Salute BRG is an amazing resource. You can become an ally if you are active or not active, um, but most definitely do check out um, our Salute BRG. Um, I simply joined the Slack channel and that's how I was able to connect with my amazing guests today. Um, so I definitely cannot uh, thank you enough. I want to thank everyone again for tuning in to the Humanity Absourcing podcast. Until next time, bye-bye. And welcome to the Humanity of Sourcing podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Gundy. Um, I am a diversity sourcer here at Capital One, uh, currently supporting our retail direct bank team, focusing on um, our D plus population um, on some product roles. Um, in addition to uh, my sourcer role here at Capital One, um, I do provide some program management support for uh, some of our programs here within the diversity uh, sourcing community. And one of those programs being this podcast, the Humanity of Sourcing Pod. Um, for those of us uh, joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, the purpose of our podcast is to provide resources to not only uh, sourcers and recruiters here at Capital One, but all of Capital One. Um, in addition to um, resources that we provide. Um, we also like to utilize uh, this platform to highlight upcoming events, um, holidays, and celebrations. Today, um, as we are wrapping up the month of April, I wanted to take time um, to acknowledge and celebrate um, the month of the military child. Um, for those tuning in, um, in the month of April, um, our nation pays tribute um, to the resilience um, and tenacity of our military children. Today, we have three guests um, who are themselves um, military children or parents um, to military children. So I, I'm really excited 
uh, to welcome uh, Steve, Allison, and David. Um, I will allow um, all three of my guests to introduce um, themselves, but I'm definitely excited uh, to chat through and really just highlight on the month of the military child, even prior to pulling up to record uh, this pod. I, I just, I, th their stories and their experiences are definitely inspiring and definitely grateful for the service um, that they themselves um, have have contributed, contributed, and also um, their parents as well. So I'll allow uh, Steve to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Steve Tillekainen. I joined Capital One uh, in January of this year. I work for the card line of business as an architect. I report to the divisional chief architect, uh, and I am focused on uh, architecture tooling for um, for the card line of business. Perfect. Thank you, Steve. And you can go ahead and Allison and introduce yourself. Uh, thanks so much, Cassandra, and thanks for having me on the podcast. My name is Allison Atkins, and I am a business counsel in cyber. Um, I joined Capital One right when the pandemic started, so I've never seen my office, and um, came right from the military. I retired almost exactly one year ago with 20 years of service in the Army. And I have two children, um, an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old, who have been with me for this entire time um, since the schools have been closed down. So thanks again. I'm looking forward to the talk. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations on your retirement and thanks again for your service. And last but not least, David. Hi, Cassandra and the, the rest of the team on here. Thank you for, for hosting this uh, for us today. Uh, my name is David Gomez and I joined Capital One back in January as a military fellow through the Corporate Fellowship Program, Hiring Our Heroes Program, incredible program for our veterans out there and officially came uh, hired on to uh, Capital One on 5 April. Uh, so still uh, working my way through, I'm an actually a uh, agile delivery lead in the ATM machines area. So I have two teams uh, that, I, that I support, uh, coding software engineering teams, incredible teams. They do phenomenal work every day. And I am married. My spouse is also active duty Army. I have exactly two days left in the military. Uh, May 1st will be my uh, official effective retirement date in, uh, in the United States Army after 28 years of service. Uh, I did a few years in the Air Force as enlisted and a few years and, and the rest of the time uh, in the Army. So uh, I got, got uh, exposure to two different branches and I have a total of six children, three grown children in their 20s. My oldest is 28 years old. He's a captain in the Army and, uh, and I have three little ones here at home, an eight-year-old son, five-year-old daughter, and a 19-month-old daughter that we're also homeschooling since the pandemic. So uh, never a dull moment in the Gomez house, but excited to be here. <laughs> thank you so much, David, and, and thank, oh, congratulations on your upcoming uh, retirement, and thank you for your service. Wow, full house, <laughs> David, definitely a full house, um, and wow. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll definitely go ahead and kick it off and just ask, like, and ask, ask the group, what, what was it like having a parent who is um, or was an active member um, of the military growing up? And that's for those who are active, <laughs> who are actually parents of kiddos, um, and those who actually are possibly spouses um, or support partners um, for those who are serving active duty.
So I uh, grew up as uh, an Air Force brat, I guess you could say. Um, I have my uh, my father uh, actually met his um, the person who had become his wife and my mom uh, while he was deployed over in England as an enlisted uh, weather officer and uh, came back to the States. And about five years after they were married, um, I came along. And then um, we have pretty much moved uh, every three or four years since then. And, uh, and that took us overseas. Uh, I've lived, I've spent two stints in Germany um, during the end of the Cold War. Uh, that was fascinating. Um, and I also had the experience of having my dad on remote assignment for a year when I was about uh, six or seven years old uh, to Iceland. So that was a time when he was apart from us. And so we had to, the way with, that we stayed in contact was kind of interesting. Um, he actually recorded books on tape for us. So there were, there were some books like uh, Bread and Jam for Francis and Blueberries for Sal. And these were, uh, I think, Calicot or Newberry uh, award winner books. And I still remember the, uh, the hiss of the cassette playing my dad's voice and me falling asleep to it at night, hearing him read these books to us. And that's a memory that I will always uh, treasure. So it was, you know, a mix of, of, uh, of good times and, and fun memories of, of exploring other cultures. And then also the, the toughness of separation from family and also you know, having to pick up and, and befriend uh, new people whenever I changed uh, schools. So that's what it was. That's kind of what it was like in sort of the broad sense. And I could um, speak to that, to that, Steve. Um, as you were speaking, I was thinking that um, as a military parent, never having been a military child myself, so I cannot speak to that part, but as my children grew up from five birth and taking them to daycare as six weeks old until I got out of the military last year, I always had these two schools of thought, two competing interests in my brain. And one of them was that I was excited to bring these kids into this environment, into this community. I was excited to travel with them in Asia and take them all over the country and, and ex experience all sorts of cool things with them. But I was also just so guilty that I couldn't give them the stability that they needed, um, especially my son. He needed that stability or that they wanted. So they would make good they would make good friends and then we would pack up and leave. They would play soccer and and then we would pack up and leave. So now that we're stable in the DC area, I finally kind of see that that the kids need that stability. So just that excitement versus the guilt of parenting is really something that I thought about a lot over the past nine years. Yeah, Allison, yeah. I can definitely, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, 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 um, you go ahead. Okay, Allison, I can definitely uh, relate to that. I, having, you just haven't retired just a year, you're still in that honeymoon phase, and, uh, and here I'm going into that phase, so uh, I might need to hit you up for some uh, 
some uh, some advice there later on. But I can definitely relate to Steve and Allison both as a uh, I was a military brat since the age of nine for for about ten years. So I did move with my my stepdad. He was in the army, went to Germany. So Steve, I think we chewed some of the same dirt, man. Uh, during the Cold War, I was there uh, in Berlin. I got a piece of the wall. Um, did my uh, last few years in high school in Germany. So incredible experience. Uh, my dad never deployed in the sense that is you know that term is related to these days as far as like Middle East or anything like that. Uh, a war zone, uh, but we did go overseas. We traveled. Uh, had the had the the blessing of traveling to other countries, France, Italy, while while uh, we were stationed over there. Um, but like Steve said, we moved around a lot. So, you know, just as you're getting to be uh, BFFs with with some some of the local kids and local military kids, uh, you got to move. You know, we moved every 18 months, every two years. My dad was a mechanic, um, so uh, he worked on cars a lot um, and a lot of uh, tanks and vehicles and, and things of that nature. So for 10 years, uh, you know, I got to see a lot of the world, and that's really what inspired me to then turn around and, and serve my country as well. He was my inspiration. And uh, at the age of 19, as soon as I graduated high school, I signed up and, uh, and I enlisted in, uh, in the Air Force. Uh, so Steve, again, uh, something else we can relate to, uh, I did my enlisted years in the Air Force. My dad told me, he said, uh, son, you, you, you got the scores. If, if, if you wanna join a branch, join the Air Force. They, they got all the cool stuff. They got the best housing. They go to the coolest places. Um, so I took his advice, but I only did that for about, uh, for about eight years and then, uh, went to college, got my degree and then joined the military in 2001 as a, as a Lieutenant in the army and been with the army ever since. And, uh, just been an incredible experience and, and definitely to what Allison stated earlier, uh, you know, that guilt, you know, trying to maintain that balance and, and give your kids stability. That's what I'm looking forward to the most, especially, uh, my wife is also active duty. You know, um, luckily we've been able to stabilize here in the DC area since 2016. So they've actually been here for the last five years. And, uh, and that's the most we've ever been anywhere. And, and so I, it's just a, a huge blessing to be able to give them that stability and that, uh, that structure that, that kids really need and that Allison pointed to earlier. So. And to, to that point, David, when I've been in DC since 2007, my husband is still active duty. He's retiring this year. That was the key thought when I was looking for a job was, I do not want to move my children again. So I need to find opportunities which, which, that are in commuting distance of DC because I don't want to put them through that again. So luckily, Capital One worked out and I didn't have to move. <laughs> have, have you guys ever, I, I know that Cassandra, you're the one asking the questions, but I actually have one that kind of interests me. Have you guys ever counted up the number of different addresses that you have had over the years. Because for yes. me, it's like it's like over 25, I think. I mean, just between, you know, military and, and college and then, you know, my post-college life. But yeah, doing the security questionnaire where you have to oh, list yeah. <laughs> all of your addresses um, was always a challenge. Yeah. Hey, Steve, uh, I stopped counting after 30. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I was good on that. I stopped counting after that. <laughs> no, feel free to ask questions. See, that, that's, that's an amazing question. And my mind is blown to think to have more than the seven addresses that I've personally had. And that includes college, moving a couple times, and now my home. Um, so uh, definitely feel free to to ask questions. And I mean, it sounds like it's been a 
positive impact personally in everyone's lives. And you're, you're, you've been able to, you know, call out and kind of focus on, especially Allison, not wanting to move your kids um, again and looking for that stability and like having to put, you know, your, your, your child into daycare at six weeks. I mean, I, I personally know that that is definitely tough to do. Um, Steve, I, I definitely want to ask you, like, how do you think it's um, with your father being actively deployed and sending cassette tapes um, home. I, I, I love that <laughs> for, for, for you to hear his voice with him being actively de- deployed. How do you think that impacted you um, growing up um, as a military child? Um, I will say I highly recommend it. As, as a recipient of that, I highly recommend if, if you as a military parent um, are separated from your family for a period of time, finding ways to engage your children is going to create a memory that is going to stick with them decades later. I still remember those tapes. Um, and it may have seemed to him to have been a very small gesture, right? I think he was allowed to come home occasionally on, I think, I think maybe we saw him twice or three times over the course of that year. Um, but, and I, I don't remember those visits. I do remember the tapes, you know? And so that you just, you just don't know the impact that you're going to have on your child. And, um, you know, it's, it's difficult, but children are resilient. You know, they, they understand that you are an adult and you have to go do adult things. Um, but, you know, I, I, I know that we talked about stability and stability for children is definitely important. Look, you know, all three of us, it sounds like, um, had families and parents who loved us and cared for us. And that was our stability, you know, um, the stability of knowing that we had parents who, loved their country, uh, loved it enough to swear an oath to defend that country and to put themselves at the service of that country to be sent anywhere that was required. Um, that That is stability, you know. It's not the same stability that my wife had. My wife, um, she's from rural Ohio, and she was one of these, you know, her dad was a, had his term in, in the military, but he got out before she was born. Um, and she only had a couple of addresses for the, her entire childhood because she lived, you know, she basically lived in the same home. And she and I have completely different experiences and, and outlooks on on moving and, you know, being tied to an area. That is, that is an impact that maybe, um, that's an interesting thing in that I feel much less rooted to a place that doesn't have family in it. Um, I, we live in an area of the country where I don't have any family. I would rather be, you know, and the rest of my family actually lives in Colorado Springs, which is where I was born and where my father PCS to on retirement. Um, that means permanent change of station for those of you who aren't familiar with the military uh, acronyms. Um, and I will, I will always feel uprooted wherever I live if I'm not with my family. 
uh, with my extended family. So um, anyway, that's that's I think a lasting impact that being military has had to me is I you know my wife is very much a, a creature, a person of uh, who loves her state and who loves the area in, in which she she grew up. And for me, it's you know if my family all decided all two of my siblings and their families and my parents decided to pick up and move to Washington state. Um, that's where I'd want to go. Right. So anyway. Yeah, Steve, I, I like what you said about the resiliency part and, and that being stability as well, because my three older sons, you know, they moved around a lot in, you know, when, when I was in and deployed a lot during that time frame. But, you know, they were able to go anywhere and integrate very quickly, make friends fast and, and, and make that time count, even though it would be short. Uh, went to great countries like Japan uh, and they made best friends that they still have to this day, best, best men at their wedding and, and you know, timeless memories. And, and, uh, and I think being that example, you know, with, with my oldest son, 28, following my footsteps and still, you know, blazing his own trail. I just couldn't be prouder, you know, and they're finding their own way. And, and it's, and, you know, the, the resiliency is there that, that they could go anywhere in this world and I don't have to worry about them. You know, that, that's something that the military instills in all the kids um, and the parents are the example, uh, just like what Steve was talking about. Uh, we have two surprise guests here, two military kids strong, Daniela and Dominic. They got to go to class soon, but they just wanted to say hi. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go back. Go, go back to class. <laughs> David, um, I wish that my daughter was as resilient as your kids turned out to be. She's unfortunately struggled with her. Um, so just her social skills and making friends. My son is totally opposite. He, wherever we go, he makes a friend. My daughter is not. So I definitely that was a huge consideration for me getting out of the military because I knew that she was a kind of child, an introverted child who just needed to be comfortable somewhere to be able to make those lasting friendships. I was scared for, I'm still nervous for her, but I was really, I mean, there were some kind of dark days for us. And that's a lot to say with um, a pre-K kid and a kindergartner and a first grader that you're that worried about your kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I will say that that is, that is a challenge. Um, I definitely empathize with your daughter. Um, I, yeah, I had a turbulent time as a teenager. Um, you know, it's when I discovered that um, I had, uh, you know, depression and anxiety, and and that diagnosis came with some drama that um, that you know upset the family. So. Um, I think that it, it's good, it's good to sort of recognize these issues so that we as parents can, can kind of head them off before they become dangerous. And so, um, you know, kudos to you for sort of recognizing that and having your eyes open. And I think that's just one of the many challenges that military families face is that these things are hard on children, right? And, and, you know, children are resilient, but yes, there are lasting things that, um, I think that I still deal with today as maybe partially the result of um, of our of the dynamic that we had uh, when I was growing up. So, yeah, Steve. Hey, man. Th thanks for sharing that. That that's really you know that's very uh, very personal. Thanks for sharing that with us, man. Because you know even on the flip side, kids 
even even today, they don't really have the tools to even talk to parents who have deployed, right? We deploy, you know, depending on your, your professional line of work, but you may not necessarily come back as the same person, you know, depending on your experiences and what you went through and, you know, maybe even some trauma and, and kids don't have the tools to, to really talk to mom and dad when they come home, you know, they may not be, you know, the same person that they left. And, and I think the army, I know for sure is moving in that direction. They've made great strides and uh, resiliency courses for, for teenagers and, and young kids to, to know how to have those difficult conversations with parents because it's serious topics. Yeah, like you said, depression, anxiety, I mean, it plagues all of us. It's, a, it's a, not a discriminator for sure, no matter how old you are. So thanks for sharing that with us, Steve. Yeah, and definitely. I, say... I appreciate you sharing that, Steve. I, I really do. Sorry to cut you off, Steve, but I, I really do appreciate you sharing that. I mean, it does take a lot. Uh, to be that transparent and, and share um, what you've personally gone through um, and how it's affected you. Um, so I definitely do appreciate you sharing that. I will say that I think that the military and the VA, I think there's a lot more, um, and certainly, of course, with Capital One. I, I tell you, when I came to Capital One, one of the things I really appreciated was, let me, let me sort of give a shout out to another BRG. Uh, the, you know, I, I'm an ally of the salute BRG because I'm, you know, I come from a military family and I definitely have an interest in, in those who serve our country um, and wanting to help them succeed at Capital One. But um, I'm also a member of the Capabilities BRG, which has a, um, a mental health subgroup called Gray Matter. And the amount of acceptance and care that, that community has for each other is just amazing. And um, all that to say, you know, there are resources out there that we can that we can grasp to to help us through these these tough times and um, and yeah I I wish that when I was when I was your daughter's age I would have had I would have had access to some of those you know maybe things would have turned out a bit differently but you know I'm here now and I work at a great company and I have a, a lovely little family uh, one one child um, and uh, you know I'm sure that your your daughter will pull through too and that there are excellent excellent resources so. You know. Thanks. I, I appreciate that. She She's doing so much better now that we're stabilized somewhere and she can actually work on herself. So um, to your point about the resources at Capital One, they used to say in the Army, if if the Army wanted you to have a family, they would have issued you one. Um, yeah. So uh, that was the mindset of who who took priority in the army, which is true. I mean, you, you sign up to serve um, and your family often sacrifices. Um, I came to Capital One assuming, um, not being in the private sector before, but assuming that the same talk about taking care of your family was gonna be the same at Capital One in that your manager said, I want you to take care of your family, but I kind of need you to be at work right now. I have been just delightfully surprised that when people say, I want you to take care of your family here, they actually mean it. And then they don't get upset about you taking time off or doing what you need to do to take care of your family. So that was a huge, huge surprise and delight to me. Allison, oh my gosh, you must be in my head because everything you're saying is like, I just, it just really resonates with me. The part we just said about Capital One and the culture and the leaders, the managers, my daughter, my 19-month-old daughter was hospitalized last week at Inova Children's Hospital for the, the whole week. Um, and uh, she was very sick. And I mean, no questions asked. My manager was like, take care of your family. Exactly what you said, Allison. They mean it. It's not a, it's not a buzz phrase. It's not a take care of your family, but you need to get this suspense out before uh, 
before you go to the hospital. Nothing. I mean, my team stepped up. They took care of themselves, uh, you know, checked in with me every now and then. But they were like, hey, focus on your family. We got this. Don't worry about it. And, you know, the the gray hair doesn't come from didn't come from Capital One last week. It came from just being worried about my daughter and, and my, my wife just being incredible. And just the uncertainty and the, the just being scared, you know, someone's so little and you kind of feel helpless, but Innova, the, the, the providers and medical teams there were just incredible. Um, she's home, she got home on Friday and she's recovering uh, greatly. I mean, she's doing incredible. She's my little tough soldier and, and uh, she's getting better each and every day, but no way I could have had peace of mind and focus, really focus 100% on my family without Capital One support, my manager, uh, specifically, I don't know if I can say his name, but I'm, I'm giving him so many shout outs already um, in, in, uh, at, at Capital One. They really walk the walk. You know, they don't just talk the talk. I mean, they really uh, just do, you know, the BRGs that Steve was talking about. I'm a, I'm a member of Salute as well and allied to all the other ones. And, and um, you know, I've heard other companies, they pitch BRGs and I've talked to their employees. Nobody had come across anybody yet that compares to what Capital One does. I mean, even even just the, the community involvement, the, the volunteering efforts, if if you have a, a passion that you volunteer, a company that you volunteer with, which I do, um, Capital One not only says, hey, kudos on you, they actually put money towards that organization. I mean, it's incredible the, the support that comes from, from Capital One just from top to bottom. I just could not be more blessed to be part of this organization. Thank you, David. And I'm happy to hear um, your daughter's doing uh, so much better. That, that's definitely scary when kiddos are that little and you have to stay for extended stays in the hospital. Um, like as you called out, Steve called out, and Allison also mentioned, like we, we definitely do have the resources here um, at Capital One um, for you to act, actively be a member of our BRGs or be an ally. Um, as we wrap up, um, I do want to ask, like, it's anyone has a piece of advice um, for those um, who are currently serving, um, who have retired, um, or who are children um, of military, just any advice, personal or professional advice um, you may have uh, for them. I have some advice. And I think my advice is for parents not to be so hard on themselves. And that's parents of military children. Um, it is very easy to fall into the trap where you see your neighbors or the other school moms who are have these very mature uh, groups and their kids are all playing together. And you suddenly think to yourself, what have I done to make my kid be on the outside of this group? Because it's she's never grown up. She did not grow up with these kids. So I would say, go easy on yourself and just take it one day at a time and work through those issues. Yeah, I would go back to just what I said earlier about being intentional about creating memories for your children when things are difficult and finding join me every day, um, you know, creating touchstones like one of the things that we would do in Germany is we would go on these, they have these uh, nature walks that are called Volksmarches that go all around the countryside in Germany. And we did, we did several dozen of those. Um, and that was always a chance to go out and see a little bit more of the 
the host country that we were in uh, and to appreciate the culture um, and to kind of realize that, you know, there's, <laughs> there's life and people outside America, right? That's, I think, one of the things that I, one of the perspectives I picked up that I really treasure is the fact that, that, um, that I've actually spent, you know, I spent time outside the U.S. and, and I've seen that there, that other cultures have a great deal to offer. And um, I think that experience sets your children up for working in a diverse cap, a diverse, such a diverse environment as Capital One, you know, going over and submersing yourself in, in, in an, somebody else's culture and being um, perceived and perceiving yourself as an outsider helps you to appreciate when you move into another place where you are part of the dominant group or part of the, you know, part of that group that you realize you can empathize better with those experiences, right? You can, you can empathize with people who, um, who are on the outside and, and you can try to bring them in and include them. So I think that, as parents, you should realize that um, that it's, this is a great teaching experience for your uh, great teaching experience for you, great learning experience for your kids. Um, if you will only, you know, view it that way, and not maybe so much as um, a hardship, you know, even though it is definitely a hardship, uh, but just to embrace the challenge and and look for the lessons and the things that that you'll remember. Yeah, I would like to piggyback off what Steve said regarding the culture and uh, make them a part of your journey. You know, um, make those priceless memories like Steve was talking about. Uh, my kids have been to Japan, Hawaii, um, you know, almost every state in the country in the United States. I mean, they've been all over and, and we don't just stay on post, right? We don't just live in our own military community. We actually live in our homes are in the community and we're part of the culture and just immerse ourselves in there. We've climbed Mount Fuji a couple of times uh, in Eba Beach in Hawaii. It's so family focused. Like you have, there's like 10 cars in, in, in one house because that's that's how they live. It takes a village, right? That's not just a, a, a catchphrase or anything. It literally does. And and some cultures really do it, do it very well. And, and for our kids to see that and experience that, like you said, Steve, you know, it's not just how we live. It's for them to see that uh, it just, you know, the imagination growth, and it gives them that confidence that, that they can do that, you know, when they get older, my older kids, they've gone to Greece, they've gone to overseas Bahamas and on their own, on their own vacations. And I'm like, I'm not even worried because they they just know, I just know that they'll be okay. And, um, and so that's one thing I'll say, make them part of the journey, make those, uh, create those timeless memories, talk to them about your profession. I've met several uh, military families and, and I asked the kid, I said, oh, so your dad's military, what does he do? And they're like, I don't know. Talk to your children about what you do in the military. As, as a military parent, we're constantly talking to our kids about, you know, what do we do at work? Uh, why do we wear this uniform? And talk to them about sacrifice and service and, uh, you know, being a part of something greater than yourself. And, uh, and also taking part in, in celebrating events and holidays that really highlight the military also. A lot of times we, we take, we take uh, service for granted. Oh, somebody else will do that. Or, you know, don't worry about that. Um, there's so much one person can do to, to really make an impact in this world and make an impact in people's lives. And, uh, and you put that in them at a very early age. And oh my gosh, you'll just see them soar. Like I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to see my 20 some kids, see them do that in their, in their own lives. 
And now we're shaping our little ones uh, to do the same. My wife retires after 20 years next year. And, uh, and she's, she's all about the stability as well and, and giving them uh, structure and a place when, when somebody asks you, where are you from? You don't have to think about all the 18 places that you've been to or where you graduated college or where you graduated high school or you mean where I grew up or where I was born or, you know, they'll just have one place, you know, that, that they can call home. And that's such a beautiful thing that we can give our kids. So. I appreciate the additional insight. I want to thank um, you again, Steve, Allison and David for sharing your very personal stories. Um, I've taken away a lot um, from what you've shared. Um, for those um, who are interested in expanding their knowledge um, or want to become more involved, uh, Steve, David, and Allison have already shouted out. Um, our Salute BRG is an amazing resource. You can become an ally if you are active or not active, um, but most definitely do check out um, our Salute BRG. Um, I simply joined the Slack channel and that's how I was able to connect with my amazing guests today. Um, so I definitely cannot uh, thank you enough. I want to thank everyone again for tuning in to the Humanity of Sourcing podcast. Until next time, bye-bye. And welcome to the Humanity of Sourcing podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Gundy. Um, I am a diversity sourcer here at Capital One, uh, currently supporting our retail direct bank team, focusing on um, our D plus population um, on some product roles. Um, in addition to uh, my sourcer role here at Capital One, um, I do provide some program management support for uh, some of our programs here within the diversity uh, sourcing community. And one of those programs being this podcast, the Humanity of Sourcing Pod. Um, for those of us uh, joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, the purpose of our podcast is to provide resources to not only uh, sourcers and recruiters here at Capital One, but all of Capital One. Um, in addition to um, the resources that we provide. Um, we also like to utilize uh, this platform to highlight upcoming events, um, holidays, and celebrations. Today, um, as we are wrapping up the month of April, I wanted to take time um, to acknowledge and celebrate um, the month of the military child. Um, for those tuning in, um, in the month of April, um, our nation pays tribute um, to the resilience um, and tenacity of our military children. Today we have three guests um, who are themselves um, military children or parents um, to military children. So I, I'm really excited uh, to welcome uh, Steve, Allison, and David. Um, I will allow um, all three of my guests to introduce um, themselves, but I'm definitely excited uh, to chat through and really just highlight on the month of the military child, even prior to pulling up to record uh, this pod. I, I just, I, th their stories and their experiences are definitely inspiring and definitely grateful for the service um, that they themselves um, have have contributed, contributed and also um, their parents as well. So I'll allow uh, Steve to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Steve Tillekainen. I joined Capital One uh, in January of this year. I work for the 
Picard line of business as an architect. I report to the divisional chief architect, uh, and I am focused on uh, architecture tooling for um, for the card line of business. Perfect. Thank you, Steve. And you can go ahead and Allison and introduce yourself. Uh, thanks so much, Cassandra, and thanks for having me on the podcast. My name is Allison Atkins, and I am a business counsel in cyber. Um, I joined Capital One right when the pandemic started, so I've never seen my office, and um, came right from the military. I retired almost exactly one year ago with 20 years of service in the Army. And I have two children, um, an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old, who have been with me for this entire time um, since the schools have been closed down. So thanks again. I'm looking forward to the talk. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations on your retirement, and thanks again for your service. And last but not least, David. Hi, Cassandra and the, the rest of the team on here. Thank you for, for hosting this uh, for us today. Uh, my name is David Gomez, and I joined Capital One back in January as a military fellow through the Corporate Fellowship Program, Hiring Our Heroes Program, incredible program for our veterans out there, and officially came uh, hired on to uh, Capital One on 5 April. Uh, so still uh, working my way through, I'm an actually a uh, agile delivery lead in the ATM machines area. So I have two teams uh, that, I, that I support, uh, coding software engineering teams, incredible teams. They do phenomenal work every day. And I am married. My spouse is also active duty Army. I have exactly two days left in the military. Uh, May 1st will be my uh, official effective retirement date in, uh, in the United States Army after 28 years of service. Uh, I did a few years in the Air Force as enlisted and a few years and, and the rest of the time uh, in the Army. So uh, I got, got uh, exposure to two different branches and I have a total of six children, three grown children in their 20s. My oldest is 28 years old. He's a captain in the Army. And, uh, and I have three little ones here at home, an eight-year-old son, five-year-old daughter, and a 19-month-old daughter that we're also homeschooling since the pandemic. So uh, never a dull moment in the Gomez house, but excited to be here. <laughs> thank you so much, David. And, and thank, congratulations on your upcoming uh, retirement. And thank you for your service. Wow, full house, <laughs> David, definitely a full house. Um, and wow, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll definitely go ahead and kick it off and just ask, like, and ask, ask the group, what, what was it like having a parent who is um, or was an active member um, of the military growing up? And that's for those who are active, <laughs> who are actually parents of kiddos, um, and those who actually are possibly spouses um, or support partners um, for those who are serving active duty. So I uh, grew up as uh, an Air Force brat, I guess you could say. Um, I have my, uh, my father uh, actually met his um, the person who had become his wife and my mom uh, while he was deployed over in England as an enlisted uh, weather officer and uh, came back to the States. And about five years after they were married, um, I came along. And then um, we have pretty much moved uh, every three or four years since then. And, uh, and that took us overseas. Uh, I've lived 
I spent two stints in Germany um, during the end of the Cold War. Uh, that was fascinating. Um, and I also had the experience of having my dad on remote assignment for a year when I was about uh, six or seven years old uh, to Iceland. So that was a time when he was apart from us. And so we had to, the way with, that we stayed in contact was kind of interesting. Um, he actually recorded books on tape for us. So there were, there were some books like uh, Bread and Jam for Francis and Blueberries for Sal. And these were, uh, I think, Calicot or Newberry uh, award winner books. And I still remember the, uh, the hiss of the cassette playing my dad's voice and me falling asleep to it at night, hearing him read these books to us. And that's a memory that I will always uh, treasure. So it was, you know, a mix of, of, uh, of good times and, and fun memories of, of exploring other cultures. And then also the, the toughness of separation from family and also, you know, having to pick up and, and befriend uh, new people whenever I changed uh, schools. So that's what it was. That's kind of what it was like in sort of the broad sense. And I could um, speak to that, to, to that, Steve. Um, as you were speaking, I was thinking that um, as a military parent, never having been a military child myself, so I cannot speak to that part, but as my children grew up from five birth and taking them to daycare as six weeks old until I got out of the military last year, I always had these two schools of thought, two competing interests in my brain. And one of them was that I was excited to bring these kids into this environment, into this community. I was excited to travel with them in Asia and take them all over the country and, and ex experience all sorts of cool things with them. But I was also just so guilty that I couldn't give them the stability that they needed, um, especially my son. He needed that stability or that they wanted so they would make good they would make good friends and then we would pack up and leave they would play soccer and and then we would pack up and leave so now that we're stable in the dc area i finally kind of see that that the kids need that stability so just that excitement versus the guilt of parenting is really something that i thought about a lot over the past nine years Yeah, Allison, yeah. I can definitely, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, 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 um, you go ahead. Okay, Allison, I can definitely uh, relate to that. I, you, haven't, you just haven't retired just a year, you're still in that honeymoon phase, and, uh, and here I'm going into that phase, so uh, I might need to hit you up for some, uh, some, uh, some advice there later on, but I can definitely relate to Steve and Allison both as a, uh, I was a military brat since the age of nine for, for about 10 years. So I did move with my, my stepdad. He was in the army, went to Germany. So Steve, I think we chewed some of the same dirt, man. Uh, during the Cold War, I was there uh, in Berlin. I got a piece of the wall. Um, did my uh, last few years in high school in Germany. So incredible experience. Uh, my dad never deployed in the sense that is, you know, that term is related to these days as far as like Middle East or anything like that, uh, a war zone. Uh, but we did go overseas. We traveled, uh, had the, had the, the blessing of traveling to other countries, France, Italy, while while uh, we were stationed over there. Um, but like Steve said, we moved around a lot. So, 
you know, just as you're getting to be uh, BFFs with, with some, some of the local kids and local military kids, uh, you got to move. You know, we moved every 18 months, every two years. My dad was a mechanic, um, so uh, he worked on cars a lot um, and a lot of uh, tanks and vehicles and, and things of that nature. So for 10 years, uh, you know, I got to see a lot of the world, and that's really what inspired me to then turn around and, and serve my country as well. He was my inspiration. And uh, at the age of 19, as soon as I graduated high school, I signed up and, uh, and I enlisted in, uh, in the Air Force. Uh, so Steve, again, uh, something else we can relate to, uh, I did my enlisted years in the Air Force. My dad told me, he said, uh, son, you, you, you got the scores. If, if, if you wanna join a branch, join the Air Force. They, they got all the cool stuff. They got the best housing. They go to the coolest places. Um, so I took his advice, but I only did that for about, uh, for about eight years and then uh, went to college, got my degree and then joined the military in 2001 as a, as a lieutenant in the army and been with the army ever since. And uh, just been an incredible experience and, and definitely to what Allison stated earlier, uh, you know, that guilt, you know, trying to maintain that balance and, and give your kids stability. That's what I'm looking forward to the most, especially uh, my wife is also active duty. You know, um, luckily we've been able to stabilize here in the DC area since 2016. So they've actually been here for the last five years. And, uh, and that's the most we've ever been anywhere. And, and so I, it's just a, a huge blessing to be able to give them that stability and that, uh, that structure that, that kids really need and that Allison pointed to earlier, so. And to, to that point, David, when I've been in DC since 2007, my husband is still active duty. He's retiring this year. That was the key thought when I was looking for a job was, I do not wanna move my children again. So I need to find opportunities which, which, that are in commuting distance of DC because I don't wanna put them through that again. So luckily Capital One worked out and I didn't have to move. <laughs> have, have you guys ever, I, I know that Cassandra, you're the one asking the questions, but I actually have one that kind of interests me. Have you guys ever counted up the number of different addresses that you have had over the years. Because for yes. me, it's like it's like over twenty-five, I think. I mean, just between you know military and and college, and then you know my post-college life. But yeah, doing the security questionnaire where you have to oh, list yeah. all of your addresses um, was always a challenge. Yeah. Hey, Steve, uh, I stopped counting after 30. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I was good on that. I stopped counting after that. <laughs> no, feel free to ask questions. See, that, that, that's an amazing question. And my mind is blown to think to have more than the seven addresses that I've personally had. And that includes college, moving a couple times, and now my home. Um, so definitely feel free to to ask questions. And I mean, it sounds like it's been a positive impact personally in everyone's lives. And you're, you're, you've been able to, you know, call out and kind of focus on, especially Allison, not wanting to move your kids um, again and looking for that stability and like having to put, you know, your, your, your child into daycare at six weeks. I mean, I, I personally know that that is definitely tough to do. Um, Steve, I, I definitely want to ask you, like, how do you think it's um, with your father being actively deployed and sending cassette tapes um, home. I, I, I love that <laughs> for, for, for you to hear his voice with him being actively de deployed. How do you think that impacted you um, growing up um, as a military child? Um, 
I will say I highly recommend it. As, as a recipient of that, I highly recommend if, if you as a military parent um, are separated from your family for a period of time, finding ways to engage your children is going to create a memory that is going to stick with them decades later. I still remember those tapes. Um, and it may have seemed to him to have been a very small gesture, right? I think he was allowed to come home occasionally on, I think, I think maybe we saw him twice or three times over the course of that year. Um, but, and I, I don't remember those visits. I do remember the tapes, you know? And so that you just, you just don't know the impact that you're going to have on your child. And, um, you know, it's, it's difficult, but children are resilient. You know, they, they understand that you are an adult and you have to go do adult things. Um, but, you know, I, I, I know that we talked about stability and stability for children is definitely important. Look, you know, all three of us, it sounds like, um, had families and parents who loved us and cared for us. And that was our stability, you know, um, the stability of knowing that we had parents who loved their country, uh, loved it enough to swear an oath to defend that country and to put themselves at the service of that country to be sent anywhere that was required. Um, that That is stability, you know. It's not the same stability that my wife had. My wife, um, she's from rural Ohio, and she was one of these, you know, her dad was a, had his term in, in the military, but he got out, I think before she was born. Um, and she only had a couple of addresses for the, her entire childhood. Cause she lived, you know, she basically lived in the same home and she and I have completely different experiences and, and outlooks on, on moving and, you know, being tied to an area that is, that is an impact that, maybe um, that's an interesting thing in that I feel much less rooted to a place that doesn't have family in it. Um, I, we live in an area of the country where I don't have any family. I would rather be, you know, and the rest of my family actually lives in Colorado Springs, which is where I was born and where my father PCS to on retirement. Um, that means permanent change of station for those of you who aren't familiar with the uh, military uh, acronyms. Um, and I will, I will always feel uprooted wherever I live if I'm not with my family, uh, with my extended family. So um, anyway, that's, that's, I think, a lasting impact that being military has had to me is, I, you know, my wife is very much a, a creature, a person of uh, who loves her state and who loves the area in, in which she she grew up. And for me, it's, you know, if my family all decided, all two of my siblings and their families and my parents decided to pick up and move to Washington State, um, that's where I'd want to go, right? So, anyway. Yeah, Steve, I, I like what you said about the resiliency part and, and that being stability as well, because my three older sons, you know, they moved around a lot. And, you know, when when I was in and deployed a lot during that time frame, 
but you know they were able to go anywhere and integrate very quickly make friends fast and 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 make that time count even though it would be short uh went to great countries like japan uh and they made best friends that they still have to this day best best men at their wedding and and you know timeless memories and and uh and i think being that example you know with, with my oldest son 28 following my footsteps and still you know blazing his own trail I just couldn't be prouder, you know, and they're finding their own way. And, and it's, and, you know, the, the resiliency is there that, that they could go anywhere in this world and I don't have to worry about them. You know, that, that's something that the military instills in all the kids um, and the parents are the example, uh, just like what Steve was talking about. Uh, we have two surprise guests here, two military kids strong, Daniela and Dominic. They got to go to class soon, but they just wanted to say hi. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go back. Go, go back to class. <laughs> David, um, I wish that my daughter was as resilient as your kids turned out to be. She's unfortunately struggled with her. Um, so just her social skills and making friends. My son is totally opposite. He, wherever we go, he makes a friend. My daughter is not. So I definitely that was a huge consideration for me getting out of the military because I knew that she was a kind of child, an introverted child who just needed to be comfortable somewhere to be able to make those lasting friendships. I was scared for, I'm still nervous for her, but I was really, I mean, there were some kind of dark days for us. And that's a lot to say with um, a pre-K kid and a kindergartner and a first grader that you're that worried about your kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I will say that that is, that is a challenge. Um, I definitely empathize with your daughter. Um, I, yeah, I had a turbulent time as a teenager. Um, you know, it's when I discovered that um, I had, uh, you know, depression and anxiety and, and that diagnosis came with some drama that, um, that, you know, upset the family. So um, I think that it it's good it's good to sort of recognize these issues so that we as parents can can kind of head them off before they become dangerous. And so um, you know, kudos to you for sort of recognizing that and having your eyes open. And I think that's just one of the many challenges that military families face is that these things are hard on children, right? And and you know, children are resilient, but yes, there are lasting things that um, I think that I still deal with today as maybe partially the result of um, of our of the dynamic that we had uh, when I was growing up. So, yeah, Steve. Hey, man. Th thanks for sharing that. That that's really you know that's very uh, very personal. Thanks for sharing that with us, man. Because you know, even on the flip side, kids. Even, even today, they don't really have the tools to even talk to parents who have deployed, right? We deploy, you know, depending on your, your professional line of work, but you may not necessarily come back as the same person, you know, depending on your experiences and what you went through and, you know, maybe even some trauma and, and kids don't have the tools to, to really talk to mom and dad when they come home, you know, they may not be, you know, the same person that they left. And, and I, th I think the army, I know for sure is moving in that direction. They've made great strides and uh, resiliency courses for, for teenagers and, and young kids to, to know how to have those difficult conversations with parents because it's serious topics. Yeah, like you said, depression, anxiety, I mean, it plagues all of us. It's a, it's a, not a discriminator for sure, no matter how old you are. So thanks for sharing that with us, Steve. 
Yeah, and that's I definitely. Say, I appreciate you sharing that, Steve. I, I really do. Sorry to cut yeah. you off, Steve, but I, I really do appreciate you sharing that. I mean, it does take a lot uh, to be that transparent and, and share um, what you've personally gone through um, and how it's affected you. Um, so I definitely do appreciate you sharing that. I will say that I think that the military and the VA, I think there's a lot more, um, and certainly, of course, with Capital One. I, I tell you, when I came to Capital One, one of the things I really appreciated was let me sort of give a shout out to another BRG. Uh, the, you know, I, I'm an ally of the Salute BRG because I'm, you know, I come from a military family and I definitely have an interest in, in those who serve our country um, and wanting to help them succeed at Capital One. But um, I'm also a member of the Capabilities BRG, which has a, um, a mental health subgroup called Gray Matter. And the amount of acceptance and care that community has for each other is just amazing. And um, all that to say, you know, there are resources out there that we can, that we can grasp to, to help us through these, these tough times. And, um, and yeah, I, I wish that when I was, when I was your daughter's age, I would have had, I would have had access to some of those, you know, maybe things would have turned out a bit differently, but, you know, I'm here now. And I work at a great company, and I have a, a lovely little family, uh, one one child. Um, and uh, you know, I'm sure that your your daughter will pull through too, and that there are excellent excellent resources. So, you know. thanks. I, I appreciate that. She she's doing so much better now that we're stabilized somewhere, and she can actually work on herself. So, um, to your point about the resources at Capital One, they used to say in the army if if the army wanted you to have a family, they would have issued you one. Um, yeah. So uh, that was the mindset of who who took priority in the army, which is true. I mean, you, you sign up to serve um, and your family often sacrifices. Um, I came to Capital One assuming, um, not being in the private sector before, but assuming that the same talk about taking care of your family was going to be the same at Capital One in that your manager said, I want you to take care of your family, but I kind of need you to be at work right now. I have been just delightfully surprised that when people say, I want you to take care of your family here, they actually mean it. And then they don't get upset about you taking time off or doing what you need to do to take care of your family. So that was a huge, huge surprise and delight to me. Allison, oh my gosh, you must be in my head because everything you're saying is like, I just, it just really resonates with me. The part we just said about Capital One and the culture and the leaders, the managers, my daughter, my 19 month old daughter was hospitalized last week at Inova Children's Hospital for the, the whole week. Um, and uh, she was very sick. And I mean, no questions asked. My manager was like, take care of your family. Exactly what you said, Allison. They mean it. It's not a it's not a buzz phrase. It's not a take care of your family, but you need to get this suspense out before uh, before you go to the hospital. Nothing. I mean, my team stepped up. They took care of themselves, uh, you know, checked in with me every now and then. But they were like, hey, focus on your family. We got this. Don't worry about it. And, you know, the the gray hair doesn't come from didn't come from Capital One last week. It came from just being worried about my daughter and, and my, my wife just being incredible. And just the uncertainty and the, the just being scared, you know, someone's so little and you kind of feel helpless. But Inova, the, the, the providers and medical teams there were just incredible. Um, she's home. She got home on Friday and she's recovering uh, greatly. I mean, she's doing incredible. She's my little tough soldier and, and uh, she's getting better each and every day. But 
no way I could have have peace of mind and focus, really focus 100% on my family without Capital One support, my manager uh, specifically. I don't know if I can say his name, but I'm, I'm giving him so many shout outs already um, in, in, uh, at Capital One. They really walk the walk. You know, they don't just talk the talk. I mean, they really uh, just do, you know, the BRGs that Steve was talking about. I'm a, I'm a member of Salute as well and allied to all the other ones. And, and um, you know, I've heard other companies, they pitch BRGs and I've talked to their employees nobody had come across anybody yet that compares to what capital one does i mean even even just the the community involvement the the volunteering efforts if if you have a, a passion that you volunteer a company that you volunteer with which i do um capital one not only says hey kudos on you they actually put money towards that organization i mean it's incredible the the support that comes from from capital one just from top to bottom. I just could not be more blessed to be part of this organization. Thank you, David. And I'm happy to hear um, your daughter's doing uh, so much better. That, that's definitely scary when kiddos are that little and you have to stay for extended stays in the hospital. Um, like as you called out, Steve called out and Allison also mentioned, like we, we definitely do have the resources here um, at Capital One um, for you to act, actively be a member of our BRGs or be an ally. Um, as we wrap up, um, I do want to ask like if anyone has a piece of advice um, for those um, who are currently serving, um, who have retired um, or who are children uh, of military, just any advice personal or professional advice um, you may have uh, for them. I have some advice and I think my advice is for parents not to be so hard on themselves. And that's parents of military children. Um, it is very easy to fall into the trap where you see your neighbors or the other school moms who are have these very mature uh, groups and their kids are all playing together and you suddenly think to yourself, what have I done to make my kid be on the outside of this group? Because it's, she's never grown up. She did not grow up with these kids. So I would say, go easy on yourself and just take it one day at a time and work through those issues. Yeah, I would go back to just what I said earlier about being intentional about creating memories for your children when things are difficult and finding joy in the everyday, um, you know, creating touchstones like one of the things that we would do in Germany is we would go on these, they have these uh, nature walks that are called Volksmarches that go all around the countryside in Germany and we did we did several dozen of those. Um, and that was always a chance to go out and see a little bit more of the, the host country that we were in uh, and to appreciate the culture um, and to kind of realize that, you know, there's <laughs> there's life and people outside America. Right. That's I think one of the things that I one of the perspectives I picked up that I really treasure is the fact that that um, that I've actually spent, you know, I've spent time outside the U.S. and. And I've seen that there that other cultures have a great deal to offer. And um, I think that experience sets your children up for working in a diverse cap, uh, diverse, such a diverse environment as Capital One, you know, 
going over and submersing yourself in, in, in somebody else's culture and being um, perceived and perceiving yourself as an outsider helps you to appreciate when you move into another place where you are part of the dominant group or part of the, you know, part of that group that you realize you can empathize better with those experiences, right? You can, you can empathize with people who, um, who are on the outside and, and you can try to bring them in and include them. So I think that as parents, you should realize that, um, that it's, this is a great teaching experience for your, a uh, great teaching experience for you, a great learning experience for your kids. Um, if you will only, you know, view it that way and not maybe so much as um, a hardship, you know, even though it is definitely a hardship, uh, but just to embrace the challenge and, and look for the lessons and the things that, that you'll remember. Yeah, I would like to piggyback off what Steve said regarding the culture and uh, make them a part of your journey. You know, um, make those priceless memories like Steve was talking about. Uh, my kids have been to Japan, Hawaii, um, you know, almost every state in the country <laughs> in the United States. I mean, they've been all over and, and we don't just stay on post. Right. We don't just live in our own military community. We actually live in our homes are in the community and we're part of the culture and just immerse ourselves in there. We've climbed Mount Fuji a couple of times uh, in Eva Beach in Hawaii it's so family focused. Like you have, there's like 10 cars in, in, in one house because that's that's how they live. It takes a village, right? That's not just a, a, a catchphrase or anything. It literally does. And and some cultures really do it, do it very well. And, and for our kids to see that and experience that, like you said, Steve, you know, it's not just how we live. It's for them to see that. Uh, it just, you know, the imagination growth and it gives them that confidence that, that they can do that, you know, when they get older. My older kids, they've gone to Greece. They've gone to overseas Bahamas and on their own on their own vacations and I'm like I'm not even worried because they're they just know I just know that they'll be okay and um and so that's one thing I'll say make them part of the journey make those uh create those timeless memories talk to them about your profession I've met several uh military families and and I asked the kid I said oh so your dad's military what does he do and they're like I don't know talk to your children about what you do in the military as as a military parent we're constantly talking to our kids about, you know, what do we do at work? Uh, why do we wear this uniform? And talk to them about sacrifice and service and, uh, you know, being a part of something greater than yourself. And, uh, and also taking part in, in celebrating events and holidays that really highlight the military also. A lot of times we, we take, we take uh, service for granted. Oh, somebody else will do that. Or, you know, don't worry about that. Um, there's so much one person can do to, to really make an impact in this world and make an impact in people's lives. And, uh, and you put that in them at a very early age and oh my gosh, you'll just see them soar. Like I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to see my 20 some kids, see them do that in their, in their own lives. And now we're shaping our little ones uh, to do the same. My wife retires after 20 years next year. And, uh, and she's, she's all about the stability as well and, and giving them uh, structure and a place when, when somebody asks you, where are you from? You don't have to think about all the 18 places that you've been to or where you graduated college or where you graduate high school or you mean where I grew up or where I was born or, you know, they'll just have one place, you know, that, that they can call home. And that's such a beautiful thing that we can give our kids. So. I appreciate the additional insight. I want to thank um, you again, Steve, Allison and David for 
sharing your very personal stories. Um, I've taken away a lot um, from what you've shared. Um, for those um, who are interested in expanding their knowledge um, or want to become more involved, uh, Steve, David, and Allison have already shouted out. Um, our Salute BRG is an amazing resource. You can become an ally if you are active or not active, um, but most definitely do check out um, our Salute BRG. Um, I simply joined the Slack channel and that's how I was able to connect with my amazing guests today. Um, so I definitely cannot uh, thank you enough. I want to thank everyone again for tuning in to the Humanity Absorbing podcast. Until next time. Bye-bye. And welcome to the Humanity of Sourcing podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Gundy. Um, I am a diversity sourcer here at Capital One, uh, currently supporting our retail direct bank team, focusing on um, our D plus population um, on some product roles. Um, in addition to uh, my sourcer role here at Capital One, um, I do provide some program management support for uh, some of our programs here within the diversity uh, sourcing community. And one of those programs being this podcast, the Humanity of Sourcing Pod. Um, for those of us uh, joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, the purpose of our podcast is to provide resources to not only uh, sourcers and recruiters here at Capital One, but all of Capital One. Um, in addition to um, resources that we provide. Um, we also like to utilize uh, this platform to highlight upcoming events, um, holidays, and celebrations. Today, um, as we are wrapping up the month of April, I wanted to take time um, to acknowledge and celebrate um, the month of the military child. Um, for those tuning in, um, in the month of April, um, our nation pays tribute um, to the resilience um, and tenacity of our military children. Today we have three guests um, who are themselves um, military children or parents um, to military children. So I, I'm really excited uh, to welcome uh, Steve, Allison, and David. Um, I will allow um, all three of my guests to introduce um, themselves, but I'm definitely excited uh, to chat through and really just highlight on the month of the military child, even prior to pulling up to record uh, this pod, I, I just I, th their stories and their experiences are definitely inspiring and definitely grateful for the service um, that they themselves um, have have contributed contributed and also um, their parents as well. So I'll allow uh, Steve to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Steve Tillakainen. I joined Capital One uh, in January of this year. I work for the card line of business as an architect. I report to the divisional chief architect, uh, and I am focused on uh, architecture tooling for, um, for the card line of business. Perfect. Thank you, Steve. And you can go ahead and, Allison, and introduce yourself. Uh, thanks so much, Cassandra, and thanks for having me on the podcast. My name is Allison Atkins, and I am a business counsel in cyber. Um, I joined Capital One right when the pandemic started, so I've never seen my office. 
and um, came right from the military. I retired almost exactly one year ago with 20 years of service in the Army. And I have two children, um, an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old who have been with me for this entire time um, since the schools have been closed down. So thanks again, I'm looking forward to the talk. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations on your retirement and thanks again for your service. And last but not least, David. Hi, Cassandra and the, the rest of the team on here. Thank you for, for hosting this uh, for us today. Uh, my name is David Gomez and I joined Capital One Back in January, as a military fellow through the Corporate Fellowship Program, Hiring Our Heroes Program, incredible program for our veterans out there, and officially came uh, hired on to uh, Capital One on 5 April. Uh, so still uh, working my way through. I am an actually a uh, agile delivery lead in the ATM machines area. So I have two teams uh, that, I, that I support, uh, coding software engineering teams, incredible teams. They do phenomenal work every day. And I am married. My spouse is also active duty Army. I have exactly two days left in the military. Uh, May 1st will be my uh, official effective retirement date in, uh, in the United States Army after 28 years of service. Uh, I did a few years in the Air Force as enlisted and a few years and, and the rest of the time uh, in the Army. So uh, I got, got uh, exposure to two different branches. And I have a total of six children, three grown children in their 20s. My oldest is 28 years old. He's a captain in the army. And, uh, and I have three little ones here at home, an eight-year-old son, five-year-old daughter, and a 19-month-old daughter that we're also homeschooling since the pandemic. So uh, never a dull moment in the Gomez house, but excited to be here. <laughs> thank you so much, David. And, and thank, congratulations on your upcoming uh, retirement. And thank you for your service. Wow, full house, <laughs> David, definitely a full house. Um, and wow, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll definitely go ahead and kick it off and just ask, like, and ask, ask the group, what, what was it like having a parent who is um, or was an active member um, of the military growing up? And that's for those who are active, <laughs> who are actually parents of kiddos, um, and those who actually are possibly spouses um, or support partners um, for those who are serving active duty. So I uh, grew up as uh, an Air Force brat, I guess you could say. Um, I have my uh, my father uh, actually met his um, the person who had become his wife and my mom uh, while he was deployed over in England as an enlisted uh, weather officer and uh, came back to the States. And about five years after they were married, um, I came along and then um, we have pretty much moved uh, every three or four years since then. And, uh, and that took us overseas. Uh, I've lived, I've spent two stints in Germany um, during the end of the Cold War. Uh, that was fascinating. Um, and I also had the experience of having my dad on remote assignment for a year when I was about uh, six or seven years old, uh, to Iceland. So that was a time when he was apart from us. And so we had, to the way with, that we stayed in contact was kind of interesting. Um, he actually recorded books on tape for us. So there were, there were some books like, uh, bread and jam for Francis and blueberries for Sal 
And these were, I think, Calicot or Newberry uh, award winner books. And I still remember the, uh, the hiss of the cassette playing my dad's voice and me falling asleep to it at night, hearing him read these books to us. And that's a memory that I will always uh, treasure. So it was, you know, a mix of, of, uh, of good times and, and fun memories of, of exploring other cultures. And then also the, the toughness of separation from family and also, you know, having to pick up and, and befriend uh, new people whenever I changed uh, schools. So that's what it was. That's kind of what it was like in sort of the broad sense. And I could um, speak to that, to, to that, Steve. Um, as you were speaking, I was thinking that um, as a military parent, never having been a military child myself, so I cannot speak to that part, but as my children grew up from five birth and taking them to daycare as six weeks old until I got out of the military last year, I always had these two schools of thought, two competing interests in my brain. And one of them was that I was excited to bring these kids into this environment, into this community. I was excited to travel with them in Asia and take them all over the country and, and ex experience all sorts of cool things with them. But I was also just so guilty that I couldn't give them the stability that they needed, um, especially my son. He needed that stability or that they wanted. So they would make good they would make good friends and then we would pack up and leave. They would play soccer and and then we would pack up and leave. So now that we're stable in the DC area, I finally kind of see that that the kids need that stability. So just that excitement versus the guilt of parenting is really something that I thought about a lot over the past nine years. Yeah, Allison, yeah. I can definitely, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, 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 um, you go ahead. Okay, Allison, I can definitely uh, relate to that. I, having, you just haven't retired just a year, you're still in that honeymoon phase, and uh, and here I'm going into that phase, so uh, I might need to hit you up for some uh, some uh, some advice there later on, but I can definitely relate to Steve and Allison both as a uh, I was a military brat since the age of nine for for about ten years, so I did move with my my stepdad. He was in the army, went to Germany. So Steve, I think we chewed some of the same dirt, man. Uh, during the Cold War, I was there uh, in Berlin. I got a piece of the wall. Um, did my uh, last few years in high school in Germany. So incredible experience. Uh, my dad never deployed in the sense that is you know that term is related to these days as far as like. Middle East or anything like that, uh, a war zone. Uh, but we did go overseas. We traveled. Uh, had the had the the blessing of traveling to other countries, France, Italy, while while uh, we were stationed over there. Um, but like Steve said, we moved around a lot. So, you know, just as you're getting to be uh, BFFs with with some some of the local kids and local military kids, uh, you got to move. You know, we moved every 18 months, every two years. My dad was a mechanic, um, so uh, he worked on cars a lot. Um, and a lot of uh, tanks and vehicles and, and things of that nature. So for 10 years, uh, you know, I got to see a lot of the world and that's really what inspired me to then turn around and, and serve my country as well. He was my inspiration. And uh, at the age of 19, as soon as I graduated high school, I signed up and, uh, and I enlisted in, uh, in the Air Force. Uh, so Steve, again, uh, something else we can relate to, uh, I did my enlisted years in the Air Force. My dad told me, he said, uh, 
son, you, you, you got the scores. If, if, if you want to join a branch, join the Air Force. They, they got all the cool stuff. They got the best housing. They go to the coolest places. Um, so I took his advice, but I only did that for about, uh, for about eight years. And then I uh, went to college, got my degree, and then joined the military in 2001 as a, as a lieutenant in the Army and been with the Army ever since. And uh, just been an incredible experience. And, and definitely to what Allison stated earlier, uh, you know, that guilt, you know, trying to maintain that balance and, and give your kids stability. That's what I'm looking forward to the most, especially uh, my wife is also active duty. You know, um, luckily, we've been able to stabilize here in the D.C. area since 2016. So they've actually been here for the last five years. And uh, and that's the most we've ever been anywhere. And and so I, it's just a, a huge blessing to be able to give them that stability and that uh, that structure that, that kids really need. And that Allison pointed to earlier. And to, to that point, David, when I've been in DC since 2007, my husband is still active duty. He's retiring this year. That was the key thought when I was looking for a job was I do not want to move my children again. So I need to find opportunities which, which that are in commuting distance of DC because I'm, I don't want to put them through that again. So luckily Capital One worked out and I didn't have to move. <laughs> I know. Have you guys ever, I, I know that Cassandra, you're the one asking the questions, but I actually have one that kind of interests me. Have you guys ever counted up the number of different addresses that you have had over the years? Because for yes. me, it's like, it's like over 25, I think. I mean, just between, you know, military and, and college and then, you know, my post-college life, but yeah, doing the security questionnaire where you have to oh, list yeah. <laughs> all of your addresses um, was always a challenge. Yeah. Hey, Steve, uh, I stopped counting after 30. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I was good on that. I stopped counting after that. <laughs> no, feel free to ask questions. See, that, that's, that's an amazing question. And my mind is blown to think to have more than the seven addresses that I've personally had. And that includes college moving a couple times and now my home. Um, so definitely feel free to, to ask questions. And I mean, it sounds like it's been a positive impact personally in everyone's lives. And you're, you're, you've been able to, you know, call out and kind of focus on, especially Allison, not wanting to move your kids um, again and looking for that stability and like having to put you know, your, your, your child into daycare at six weeks. I mean, I, I personally know that that is definitely tough to do. Um, Steve, I, I definitely want to ask you, like, how do you think it's um, with your father being actively deployed and sending cassette tapes um, home? I, I, I love that <laughs> for, for, for you to hear his voice with him being actively de deployed. How do you think that impacted you um, growing up um, as a military child? Um, I will say I highly recommend it as, as a recipient of that. I highly recommend if, if you as a military parent, um, are separated from your family for a period of time, finding ways to engage your children is going to create a memory that is going to stick with them decades later. I still remember those tapes. Um, and it may have seemed to him to have been a very small gesture, right? I think he was allowed to come home occasionally on, I think, I think maybe we saw him twice or three times over the course of that year. 
Um, but, and, and I don't remember those visits. I do remember the tapes, you know? And so that you just, you just don't know the impact that you're going to have on your child. And, um, you know, it's, it's difficult, but children are resilient. You know, they, they understand that you are an adult and you have to go do adult things. Um, but, you know, I, I, I know that we talked about stability and stability for children is definitely important. Look, you know, all three of us, it sounds like, um, had families and parents who loved us and cared for us. And that was our stability, you know, um, the stability of knowing that we had parents who loved their country, uh, loved it enough to swear an oath to defend that country and to put themselves at the service of that country to be sent anywhere that was required. Um, that, that is stability, you know, it's not the same stability that my wife had. My wife, um, she's from rural Ohio and she was one of these, you know, her dad was, a had his term in, in the military, but he got out, I think before she was born. Um, and she only had a couple of addresses for the, her entire childhood. Cause she lived, you know, she basically lived in the same home and she and I have completely different experiences and, and outlooks on, on moving and, you know, being tied to an area that is, that is an impact that maybe um, that's an interesting thing in that I feel much less rooted to a place that doesn't have family in it. Um, I, we live in an area of the country where I don't have any family. I would rather be, you know, and the rest of my family actually lives in Colorado Springs, which is where I was born and where my father PCS to on retirement. Um, that means permanent change of station for those of you who aren't familiar with the military, uh, acronyms. Um, and I will, I will always feel uprooted wherever I live if I'm not with my family, uh, with my extended family. So, um, Anyway, that's, that's, I think, a lasting impact that being military has had to me is, I've, you know, my wife is very much a, a creature, a person of, uh, who loves her state and who loves the area in, in which she, she grew up. And for me, it's, you know, if my family all decided, all two of my siblings and their families and my parents decided to pick up and move to Washington State, um, that's where I'd want to go, right? So, anyway. Yeah, Steve, I, I like what you said about the resiliency part and, and that being stability as well, because my three older sons, you know, they moved around a lot in, you know, when, when I was in and deployed a lot during that time frame. But, you know, they were able to go anywhere and integrate very quickly, make friends fast and, and, and make that time count, even though it would be short. Uh, went to great countries like Japan uh, and they made best friends that they still have to this day, best, best men at their wedding and, and you know, timeless memories. And, and, uh, and I think being that example, you know, with, with my oldest son, 28, following my footsteps and still, you know, blazing his own trail, I, I just couldn't be prouder, you know, and they're finding their own way. And, and it's, and, you know, the, the resiliency is there that, that they could go anywhere in this world and I don't have to worry about them. You know, that, that's something that the military instills in all the kids. 
Um, and the parents are the example, uh, just like what Steve was talking about. Uh, we have two surprise guests here, two military kids strong, Daniela and Dominic. They got to go to class soon, but they just wanted to say hi. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go back. Go, go back to class. <laughs> David, um, I wish that my daughter was as resilient as your kids turned out to be. She's unfortunately struggled with her. Uh, so just her social skills and making friends. My son is totally opposite. He, wherever we go, he makes a friend. My daughter is not. So I definitely that was a huge consideration for me getting out of the military because I knew that she was a kind of child, an introverted child who just needed to be comfortable somewhere to be able to make those lasting friendships. I was scared for, I'm still nervous for her, but I was really, I mean, there were some kind of dark days for us. And that's a lot to say with um, a pre-K kid and a kindergartner and a first grader that you're that worried about your kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I will say that that is, that is a challenge. Um, I definitely empathize with your daughter. Um, I, yeah, I had a turbulent time as a teenager. Um, you know, it's when I discovered that um, I had, uh, you know, depression and anxiety, and and that diagnosis came with some drama that um, that you know upset the family. So. Um, I think that it, it's good, it's good to sort of recognize these issues so that we as parents can, can kind of head them off before they become dangerous. And so, um, you know, kudos to you for sort of recognizing that and having your eyes open. And I think that's just one of the many challenges that military families face is that these things are hard on children, right? And, and, you know, children are resilient, but yes, there are lasting things that, um, I think that I still deal with today as maybe partially the result of um, of our of the dynamic that we had uh, when I was growing up. So, yeah, Steve. Hey, man. Th thanks for sharing that. That that's really you know that's very uh, very personal. Thanks for sharing that with us, man. Because you know even on the flip side, kids. Even, even today, they don't really have the tools to even talk to parents who have deployed, right? We deploy, you know, depending on your, your professional line of work, but you may not necessarily come back as the same person, you know, depending on your experiences and what you went through and, you know, maybe even some trauma and, and kids don't have the tools to, to really talk to mom and dad when they come home, you know, they may not be, you know, the same person that they left. And, and I think the army, I know for sure is moving in that direction. They've made great strides in uh, resiliency courses for, for teenagers and, and young kids to, to know how to have those difficult conversations with parents because it's serious topics. Yeah, like you said, depression, anxiety, I mean, it plagues all of us. It's, a, it's a, not a discriminator for sure, no matter how old you are. So thanks for sharing that with us, Steve. Yeah, and definitely, I definitely say, I appreciate you sharing that, Steve. I, I really do, sorry to cut yeah. you off, Steve, but I, I really do appreciate you sharing that. I mean, it does take a lot uh, to be that transparent and, and share um, what you've personally gone through um, and how it's affected you. Um, so I definitely do appreciate you sharing that. I will say that I think that the military and the VA, I think there's a lot more, um, and certainly, of course, with Capital One. I, I tell you, when I came to Capital One, one of the things I really appreciated was, let me, let me sort of give a shout out to another BRG. Uh, the, you know, I, I'm an ally of the Salute BRG because I'm, you know, I come from a military family and I definitely have an interest in 
and those who serve our country um, and wanting to help them succeed at Capital One. But um, I'm also a member of the Capabilities BRG, which has a, um, a mental health subgroup called Gray Matter. And the amount of acceptance and care that, that community has for each other is just amazing. And um, all that to say, you know, there are resources out there that we can that we can grasp to to help us through these these tough times. And um, and yeah, I I wish that when I was when I was your daughter's age, I would have had I would have had access to some of those. You know, maybe things would have turned out a bit differently. But you know, I'm here now, and I work at a great company, and I have a a lovely little family, uh, one one child. Um, and uh, you know, I'm sure that your your daughter will pull through too, and that there are excellent excellent resources. So. You know. Thanks. I, I appreciate that. She She's doing so much better now that we're stabilized somewhere and she can actually work on herself. So um, to your point about the resources at Capital One, they used to say in the Army, if if the Army wanted you to have a family, they would have issued you one. Um, yeah. So uh, that was the mindset of who who took priority in the army, which is true. I mean, you, you sign up to serve um, and your family often sacrifices. Um, I came to Capital One assuming, um, not being in the private sector before, but assuming that the same talk about taking care of your family was gonna be the same at Capital One in that your manager said, I want you to take care of your family, but I kind of need you to be at work right now. I have been just delightfully surprised that when people say, I want you to take care of your family here, they actually mean it. And then they don't get upset about you taking time off or doing what you need to do to take care of your family. So that was a huge, huge surprise and delight to me. Allison, oh my gosh, you must be in my head because everything you're saying is like, I just, it just really resonates with me. The part we just said about Capital One and the culture and the leaders, the managers, my daughter, my 19-month-old daughter was hospitalized last week at Inova Children's Hospital for the, the whole week. Um, and uh, she was very sick. And I mean, no questions asked. My manager was like, take care of your family. Exactly what you said, Allison. They mean it. It's not a, it's not a buzz phrase. It's not a take care of your family, but you need to get this suspense out before, uh, before you go to the hospital. Nothing. I mean, my team stepped up. They took care of themselves. Uh, you know, checked in with me every now and then, but they were like, hey, focus on your family. We got this. Don't worry about it. And you know, the the gray hair doesn't come from, didn't come from Capital One last week. It came from just being worried about my daughter and, and my, my wife just being incredible and just the uncertainty and the, the just being scared. You know, someone's so little and you kind of feel helpless, but Innova, the, the, the providers and medical teams there were just incredible. Um, she's home. She got home on Friday and she's recovering, uh, greatly i mean she's doing incredible she's my little tough soldier and and uh, she's getting better each and every day but no way i could have have peace of mind and focus really focus 100 on my family without capital one support my manager uh specifically i don't know if i can say his name but i'm i've given him so many shout outs already um in in uh at capital one they really walk the walk you know they don't just talk the talk i mean they really uh just do you know the BRGs that Steve was talking about. I'm a, I'm a member of Salute as well, and allied to all the other ones. And and um, you know, I've heard other companies they pitch BRGs, and I've talked to their employees. Nobody had come across anybody yet that compares to what Capital One does. I mean, even even just the the community involvement, the the volunteering efforts. If 
if you have a, a passion that you volunteer, a company that you volunteer with, which I do, um, Capital One not only says, hey, kudos on you. They actually put money towards that organization. I mean, it's incredible the, the support that comes from, from Capital One just from top to bottom. I just could not be more blessed to be part of this organization. Thank you, David. And I'm happy to hear um, your daughter's doing uh, so much better. That, that's definitely scary when kiddos are that little and you have to stay for extended stays in the hospital. Um, like as you called out, Steve called out, and Allison also mentioned, like we, we definitely do have the resources here um, at Capital One um, for you to act, actively be a member of our BRGs or be an ally. Um, as we wrap up, um, I do want to ask, like, is anyone has a piece of advice um, for those um, who are currently serving, um, who have retired, um, or who are children um, of military, just any advice, personal or professional advice um, you may have uh, for them? I have some advice. And I think my advice is for parents not to be so hard on themselves. And that's parents of military children. Um, it is very easy to fall into the trap where you see your neighbors or the other school moms who are have these very mature uh, groups and their kids are all playing together. And you suddenly think to yourself, what have I done to make my kid be on the outside of this group? Because it's, she's never grown up. She did not grow up with these kids. So I would say, go easy on yourself and just take it one day at a time and work through those issues. Yeah, I would go back to just what I said earlier about being intentional about creating memories for your children when things are difficult and finding join me every day, um, you know, creating touchstones like one of the things that we would do in Germany is we would go on these, they have these uh, nature walks that are called Volksmarches that go all around the countryside in Germany. And we did, we did several dozen of those. Um, and that was always a chance to go out and see a little bit more of the, the host country that we were in uh, and to appreciate the culture um, and to kind of realize that, you know, there's, <laughs> there's life and people outside America, right? That's, I think, one of the things that I, one of the perspectives I picked up that I really treasure is the fact that, that, um, that I've actually spent, you know, I've spent time outside the U.S. and, and I've seen that there, that other cultures have a great deal to offer. And um, I think that experience sets your children up for working in a diverse cap, a diverse, such a diverse environment as Capital One, you know, going over and submersing yourself in, in, in an somebody else's culture and being um, perceived and perceiving yourself as an outsider helps you to appreciate when you move into another place where you are part of the dominant group or part of the, you know, part of that group that you realize you can empathize better with those experiences, right? You can, you can empathize with people who, um, who are on the outside and, and you can try to bring them in and include them. So I think that, as parents, you should realize that um, that it, this is a great teaching experience for your uh, great teaching experience for you, great learning experience for your kids, 
um, if you will only, you know, view it that way and not maybe so much as um, a hardship, you know, even though it is definitely a hardship, uh, but just to embrace the challenge and, and look for the lessons and the things that, that you'll remember. Yeah, I would like to piggyback off what Steve said regarding the culture and uh, make them a part of your journey. You know, um, make those priceless memories like Steve was talking about. Uh, my kids have been to Japan, Hawaii, um, you know, almost every state in the country in the United States. I mean, they've been all over. And, and we don't just stay on post, right? We don't just live in our own military community. We actually live in our homes are in the community and we're part of the culture and just immerse ourselves in there. We've climbed Mount Fuji a couple of times uh, in Eva Beach in Hawaii. It's so family focused. Like you have, there's like 10 cars in, in, in one house because that's that's how they live. It takes a village, right? That's not just a, a, a catchphrase or anything. It literally does. And, and some cultures really do it, do it very well. And, and for our kids to see that and experience that, like you said, Steve, you know, it's not just how we live. It's for them to see that uh, it just, you know, the imagination growth and it gives them that confidence that, that they can do that, you know, when they get older. My older kids, they've gone to Greece, they've gone to overseas Bahamas and on their own, on their own vacations. And I'm like, I'm not even worried because they they just know, I just know that they'll be okay. And, um, and so that's one thing I'll say, make them part of the journey, make those, uh, create those timeless memories. Talk to them about your profession. I've met several uh, military families and, and I asked the kid, I said, oh, so your dad's military, what does he do? And they're like, I don't know. Talk to your children about what you do in the military. As, as a military parent, we're constantly talking to our kids about, you know, what do we do at work? Uh, why do we wear this uniform? And talk to them about sacrifice and service and, uh, you know, being a part of something greater than yourself. And, uh, and also taking part in, in celebrating events and holidays that really highlight the military also. A lot of times we, we take, we take uh, service for granted. Oh, somebody else will do that. Or, you know, don't worry about that. Um, there's so much one person can do to, to really make an impact in this world and make an impact in people's lives. And, uh, and you put that in them at a very early age. And oh my gosh, you'll just see them soar. Like I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to see my 20 some kids, see them do that in their, in their own lives. And now we're shaping our little ones uh, to do the same. My wife retires after 20 years next year. And, uh, and she's, she's all about the stability as well and, and giving them uh, structure and a place when, when somebody asks you, where are you from? You don't have to think about all the 18 places that you've been to or where you graduated college or where you graduated high school or you mean where I grew up or where I was born or, you know, they'll just have one place, you know, that, that they can call home. And that's such a beautiful thing that we can give our kids. So. I appreciate the additional insight. I want to thank um, you again, Steve, Allison and David for sharing your very personal stories. Um, I've taken away a lot um, from what you've shared. Um, for those um, who are interested in expanding their knowledge um, or want to become more involved, uh, Steve, David, and Allison have already shouted out. Um, our Salute BRG is an amazing resource. You can become an ally if you are active or not active, um, but most definitely do check out um, our Salute BRG. Um, I simply joined the Slack channel and that's how I was able to connect with my amazing guests today. Um, so I definitely cannot uh, thank you enough. I want to thank everyone again for tuning in to the Humanity of Sourcing podcast. Until next time, bye-bye.